Well, it was a gift for Moondancer, but... Oh, Spike, you know we don't have time for that shit. But we're on a break! No, 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 no! Ugh! On the longest day of the thousandth year, the stars will aid in her escape, and she will bring about nighttime eternal. Do you know what this means? No. And you're in charge of the food? We sure as are! Okay, well, I can see the food situation is so we'll be on our way. Aren't you gonna stay for brunch? Sorry, but we have an awful lot to do. Aww. Yeah! No, no, oh, no. Dragon! Oh, I've never f***ed a baby dragon before. Just need to be alone so I can study without a bunch of ponies trying to make friends all the time. Hello, and I was all Remember? Whoever has the best reason to go should get the ticket, don't you think? Drumming up business for the farm? A chance to f*** the Wonderbolts? We're supposedly told, you know, Edward Snowden and Julian Assange are our huge enemies that we, or our huge, you know, heroes as far as we... Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grime America show. We are going to be chatting with James Evan Pilato a little bit later about uh, media corruption, his uh, show, all sorts of fun stuff like that. But first, as always, the co-hostess with the mostess. Thanks, buddy. Graham, I can't get out of my body to save my own life, Dunlop. How's it going? Good How's it? Maybe I'll start calling, calling you Nobi. 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 I haven't really tried the OBE, so. Graham Nobi Dunlop. Give me a chance. Nobi Kenobi. So anyways, yeah, we've been talking with uh, OBE uh, trainers and stuff like that on the show, so that's why it's in Darren's mind. Yeah. And we tried I didn't to realize it was never. I thought it was once or twice. Never once. I, thought, I always thought you were chasing some experience that you had had before, but it just oh. turns out it's just, you're just... Just never. That's <laughs> <laughs> just chasing fucking... Yeah. Well, lucid dreaming, that's probably because you're thinking of lucid dreaming, that's why, right? Maybe. Yeah. You're so, not very good at that either, though. No, I w- I'm worse. The more I try, the worse I get, I think. Actually, I've been dreaming um, pretty uh, pretty deep dreams lately, but I just can't remember them. Like they, I, I know they're they're pretty epic and memorable at the time. <laughs> you know they're epic, but... <laughs> and then when it comes time to reading the, the, remembering the details, yeah, it's tough. Don't you have a dream journal? I use my phone. And you just can't do it? Yeah. I just you just don't, don't bother? bother. Fuck yeah. it. It's hard to get in the habit of it. I don't think about it first thing. You know, I should, yeah, though. I that's the that. key. I think that's the key. One of the keys. You have to down. get that forced into your head that you're doing it every yeah. time. Yeah. Otherwise. Anyways. Anyways, uh, we should talk about this uh, political stuff for a bit, especially since we have James Evan Palato coming on, and you and I, you've been obsessed with... With the election lately and the, all the all the uh, WikiLeaks and and Project Veritas stuff, videos and all the evidence of corruption, 
And uh, we, we talk about it in our personal lives, but I don't really know how to address it on the show because it's such a polarized topic. And, I don't but it's think important to you, so about, I think we should talk about no, it. I don't think we should. You, were, you just said to me, you said, well, it's important to us, we should mention it, we should talk about well, it. Well, I, I share some stuff on Twitter. I think that's good enough. And then I don't, you back I don't off, wanna, you get everybody all yeah, upset, yeah, and, exactly. you, and you block I can, people? I block people sometimes if they get ignorant or if they just say things that are ridiculous. I'm open, I'm open to have any good discussions but when people just start saying things that are just ridiculous and i i just well it's just it's you know a, i used to i used to think it was a fault of dvorak but now i'm just like you know i don't need that shit polluting my feed when someone starts going on a tangent i just be is it uh, usually because they're pretty dogmatic about one political view or another yeah or just uninformed or uninformed and not willing to listen or not willing to have any sort of open any well, sort of discussion makes you think you're informed over uh, others. Maybe I'm not, but that's my <laughs> it's my Twitter. <laughs> it's and your, it's not a democracy. Well, it's kind of our Twitter, but you manage it. I, yeah. But whatever, I let you have it. <laughs> yeah. So, but I honestly, I don't think it's a good idea to to talk about on the show. I don't think I don't want I don't want people upset with the. America over my personal views. Your personal political views? Yeah. I mean, I, th I just think there's a lot of corruption. And I'm glad to see a lot of it bubbling to the surface, and I hope that the whole fucking house of cards can come down. And there's only one way that's going to happen. And uh, if it doesn't happen this time, there, there is a real chance that, you know, every time it doesn't happen, it gets worse. Yeah. And so, you know, one of these times we're going to run out of Fuck. And, and the, the shitty thing is we don't even have a say in the process, but we're kind of stuck. It's like we live in the same, uh, uh, live in the apartment upstairs. So, and being Canadian? Know, yeah. If the fucking house catches on fire down there, we're in trouble. Right, right. To a certain so. extent, yeah. I mean, well, the whole world is, is living upstairs in a way. That's the, that's the interesting part about this is, look, the U.S. is at war in how many countries? Like, there's, they're threatening fucking, exactly. you know, and they're starting to fucking... All of a sudden, poke the bear and stuff for World War Three, and then the whole world's implicated in this. This uh, not implicated—that's the wrong word. I, mean, I don't like the idea of Russian planes and American planes being, you know, within a few kilometers of each other over some burnt patch of desert. You know, I, I get there's people there and all that sucks, but is it really? You know, there's got to be. It just seems so ridiculous to me, and it's so corrupt, and it's so—it's all over political bullshit. You know what I mean? Like regardless of what anyone wants to hear or say. But um, I think, you know what I'm going to do is I think I'll go on Adam's show and I'll go vent over there. And anyone who wants to tune in and listen to my fucking political opinion is welcome to do so there. <laughs> because, I mean, look, we did one show that was kind of, people looked at it as partisan and we got more fucking hate feedback than we've ever got. Right. We lost listeners yeah. over that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, but the the thing is, is that, the problem I see is the media right now because it is so one-sided. Like you can't, you can't, you'll never hear about polls that have Trump winning or it's no. all, it's all, they're shoving it in your face that Hillary's going to win. And it's even though crazy. there's all this corruption coming out, like people should just watch people the videos. People just aren't like, talking about it. People, people won't to, talk about the videos. The mainstream media won't talk about the videos. I mean, maybe they have and I miss it, but up until now, they're not talking about any of the WikiLeaks shit. They might. Well, this, I think some of it's starting to come on. But you I mean, think it kind of has to. Like now, you know, Obama has officially been lying. He just lied to you. 
to us. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, I didn't know anything about it. I found out when you did. Well, you have been emailing back and forth, and it turns out you guys need to, your staff was cleaning up your mess. Yeah. Which is pretty fucked It just up. seems so easy for them to lie. Like, yeah, we're, here exactly. we are, like, here I am honestly trying to live a life where, like, I don't lie to myself anymore exactly. or other people. Like, I might avoid the truth sometimes or maybe, like, but I try not to lie. Like, I try and live an honest life. And then these people just, they get caught in lies and they just, fuck, there's no ownership. They just keep lying, lying, yeah. lying. And Trump's got all sorts of problems, too. All sorts of problems. He's by no means fucking... You know, if it was anyone else, you know, we'd probably have a better shot. But at this point, he really does seem like the, the you know, someone who might rock the boat. And he might not. He might That's just, the thing, but right? But to me, just the fact that he's out there forcing people, telling people to, you know, he's kind of forcing the hand of corruption and, you know, how rigged the system is. And, you know... Mainstream media might be shunning him for it, but at least they're talking about it. And from talking about it, it'll go to, you know, eventually just like, you know, it looks like everything that kind of starts on the fringes eventually sort of works its way in or it doesn't. People but, are losing their, their faith in the media and exactly. the mainstream media and their trust in it. I mean, the, and this is just making that worse. So regardless what happens, I mean, but I guess, you know, at some point it, it won't matter. Our guests like coming up on the show with like James Evan Pilato and guys like James Colbert, they, they, you know, they'll say it's the deep state. Right. And, and I agree with them that it doesn't even matter who's in there. And I mean, Trump's going to find that if, even if he did have legitimate, even if he was legit and he wanted to change things, I, I feel like, you know, he's going to go in there and he's not going to be able to change anything. Maybe a few little things, but like the deep state is in there and it's not going to change. You know, the wars, wars are going to happen still, the banking system's not going to fucking change till it collapses. Like, it's just fucked. Like, on yeah, all it's, fronts, it's like, holy. Exactly. It makes you wonder if anything can fucking give. But I'd still rather see financial and economical collapse than fucking nukes flying around. Yeah. That's just, the war right now just seems, out of, it seems it silly. It seems silly. Silly. It's like ma it's made like, up really? bullshit. Is it worth it? And, you know, it's pretty fucked up. The Pentagon was, like, shown to be support uh, funding funding terrorist, uh, old, old videos. terrorist videos so you don't think that's happening now that just happened once for 55 million that's a fucking lot of money to produce some little videos yeah it's fucked it's just like crazy fucking they're made just openly propagandizing yeah and so i mean if you had anything to say to the people listening what would it be about this whole thing i would say you know whether i don't know I would say think long and hard and, and really do your research. Try and do your research with an open mind. I would say just stop watching the Don't news watch for a the bit mainstream and, media. And and just watch some some of this other stuff coming out, like pay a little bit of attention to some WikiLeaks and pay a little bit of attention to Project Veritas videos, like really. Take a little take a good look at both sides because I mean there's a lot of there's a there's so much corruption and if if we just keep saying it's okay because it's, you know, the lesser of this or the lesser of that, eventually it's going to be so corrupt that we won't even have a fucking, there'll be no chance anymore. Yeah. You know, as it is, the USA is like the last sort of free, free, real free market. It's a lot more free market than fucking Canada is. You know, it, it would be one thing. If, and, if, and it's going to creep away too, and they're going to end up like we are, and that's how it starts. And fucking, 
until we run out of money because the government just gets so bloated and, you know, we can't just keep going farther and farther and farther and farther into debt. Like, it's going to fucking all come to a head at some point. That's the thing. If if this if there was this corruption happening and we were actually living in a pretty, like, the the world or even our society and our country was living in a pretty, like, self-sustainable way and... And there was uh, jobs for people, or maybe not jobs, but people had enough resources to live. Like, if it was something like that, then okay, maybe you could understand yeah. that. But it's fucked out there. There's no jobs it's for people. Crazy. The fucking costs worse. are rising. Everybody's in debt. The fucking wages aren't increasing. It's ridiculous. No. And jobs are leaving the countries. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and, on, yeah, and on one hand, there's more and more people that need jobs, and the jobs are leaving. And mom and pa and mom and pa are just disappear, especially yeah. in Canada. It's crazy how quick mom and pop is disappearing. Mom, what do you mean by that for the Like businesses the that audience. aren't fucking, aren't no, franchises. It, right. It's like everything's fucking a franchise. Right. All, you know, it's hard to find a, a strip mall now that's not 100% fucking franchise. And you noticed that after traveling in the States, right? I noticed how bad it was in the States, how bad we are. Yeah. After going to the States. Yeah. How way more monopolized it is here. Because we went to, I think where were we in Spokane, where there's all these little like mom, pa coffee shops. Like it's just a little yeah, a coffee shop drive through, like yes. little, and all it is in Canada is like Tim Hortons. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. There is other, there's, there's other, lot, but though. everything's a franchise though. I mean, for the most part, but yeah, there is like a bunch say, of franchises. You can't drive into a big strip mall. Most big strip malls, they have the rule that they want established franchise. They won't even let you in if you're a one of. Because it's too much of a risk you'll fail. Whereas a franchise can just absorb the loss for a couple of years. Right. So. Right. So speaking of that kind of thing, actually, Paul Hellyer. That's, one of so, our, that's fucking socialism. Actually, I guess technically no, it's fascism. Eventually. That's where it ends up. That's the thing. I don't think any ism has really been proven to work. And I, that's why, probably one of the reasons why we don't talk about it on the show a lot is it's so polarizing. But all the systems are kind of fucked. Like nothing's really... So far, I don't think. No, I mean, nothing's worked so far. Hey, so, I got some feedback on your coffee enema from our buddy Clint. Oh, yeah? Can I can I continue on with this for a sec here? Sure. You interrupted me there. So speaking of that type of thing, Paul Hellier, one of our past guests, is, is uh, on a ca- uh, cross-Canada tour to mobilize opposition to CETA and present solutions to our banking crisis. So... Actually, I thought I was going to have to miss this, but he's here in Calgary on November 3rd and it's free to go in and like he, and he, he talks about debt, the, the our debt based economy in a pretty good way. Like yeah, he kind of, he kind of yeah. just not dumbs it down, but he kind of just makes it like, here's the basic thing when it changed and what we could do to get out of it. Like basic stuff, like government getting, giving us their own money instead of the banks. Right. All that UFO stuff, really. Do you think he gets a bad rap for that? Well, probably, but soon enough we'll know there will be disclosure. I mean, that's the other part I wanted to talk to you about is it's disappointing to me that... The WikiLeaks? Yeah, like it's disappointing to me that that, um, Hillary and Podesta, the two that actually the disclosure movement has some hope that something's going to happen. All these emails are about them. Like regardless of whether it's about UFOs or not, like this is the big fucking leak. And it's about the two people that may have some sort of chance at disclosure. So it's kind of weird. I don't know what to think about it. 
Oh, you think it's you? Do you think the ETs are doing the sending the files? No, to I don't think anything like that. No, it's just it's just. Or do you think it's a hit job? It's kind of disappointing. That's all. I don't know what to think if it's a hit job or not. It just seems weird that the 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 year that all this stuff is coming out in all areas, along with UFO stuff. Like in some ways, if you if people were to pay attention to the some of the emails, then yeah, it, there's some there, there's some disclosure happening in a way, like from people in our government. But you know, so how how is the establishment going to happen? Ha- handle that aspect of of the leaks or are they going to have to because there's so much other shit in it's there like there's shit. fucking corruption from countries giving the found clinton foundation money and then taking them off the terrorist list i mean isn't that as bad as it fucking gets like how can it get much worse than that it's pretty tough to get much right? worse than that did you hear about that one yeah yeah so so anyways paul's in uh where what what's the date today? So he's already been through Winnipeg. He's going to Edmonton on the twenty sixth. What date is it today? Today's the twenty fifth. This is going to come out on the twenty eighth. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so he'd be in Victoria when you when people are first downloading this, and then Vancouver on the first, and Calgary back to Calgary on the third. So I I'll put a link the in Calgary the show notes there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go. Yeah, if, you guys if, can yeah. go beat up on ground. Yeah. Instead of a meetup, we'll call it a beat up. That's right. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> so Clint uh, says to make sure you use organic coffee when you do your coffee enema. Not Starbucks? No. Why is that? He said, I don't know. But he said he's never done it. He he clarified that he hasn't done it. And he's just he giving said, me advice. Oh, on yeah. It. Maybe mention to Graham, it's organic coffee one needs to use. And no, I have not tried it. I believe I read it in a Gerson's therapy book. Maybe point him that way. Hmm. All righty. Well, thanks for that, that tip, Clint. We also had some t shirt ideas <laughs> after the. Uh, where are we here? Yeah, we had some t shirt suggestions for the coffee enema it was a big hit the coffee enema was a big hit in light of this new episode can we get a new t-shirt that says scope darren and underneath this coffee tastes like ass (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny that is good that's all i got are you going to read this note from TJ now, or do you have something else first? No, I, I no, I, what? I still don't know what we're going to do with that stuff either. That's okay. What do you want to do first? I don't know. I've got, uh, well, I figured this could also be a bit of a Halloween special because um, it's going to come out on the Friday before Halloween, and then the next episode of ours will probably come out after Halloween. So I have a ghost story, and I have uh, a scary synchronicity. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Darren is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. I wonder if people are even done the Maurice episode yet. What do you mean? It was like two episodes in one. Oh, yeah, right. So, uh, 
So this is from Angie. She says, uh, scary synchro Halloween special. Hello, friend. I have a freaky synchronicity that scared me shitless, and I wanted to put it to your attention, seeing as you're the only people I know talking about this on a regular. I think, like many others, we have grown to believe that synchronicities are meaningful, but usually harmless, kind of freaky, but generally good coincidences. After reading this, you will see that there are no guarantee that these experiences will feel good and can actually be terrifying and costly. Lesson learned. Costly? So, so I don't know if you've heard of Black Mirror. It's getting a load of hype in the media sphere. And a tweet from someone I follow made me finally watch it. To be honest, I wasn't convinced before I watched it. I don't usually watch things that intend to scare. So I'm not a horror fan, but I started to watch it and was pulled in immediately. I know what she means. I try and stay away from the negative negativity of horrors as well. You get too scared? No, I don't get scared. Really. I get it jumpy. Silly. I get jumpy. Oh, I get, I'll get jumpy, yeah. Ground will get scared just, nothing. <laughs> if that's all you can't get out of your body, you're too much of a beefcake. It's uh, scared of nothing. That's huscular to you. <laughs> <laughs> so where am I? So the thing is, when it starts, the intro shows a device screen getting shattered. Spoiler alert! I watched it a bit of. I, I watched a bit of one episode, thinking this doesn't feel right, and inside my mind and body, something was telling me, "Don't watch this." I do a lot of mindfulness meditation, and I was mindful that filling my head with freaky horror things is probably not the best use of my time here on Earth. Then, my iPad slipped, fell onto the floor, and the fucking screen shattered. What the absolute fuck? I'm truly gutted. The iPad was a gift, and I find it hard to afford the replacement screen. Not in the near future, anyways. I should have listened to my inner wisdom. Lesson learned at a price. I looked up synchronicities after this and realized it was con confirming that I shouldn't have sucked up to the bullshit hype and watched this shit. We live in a world full of fiction, but real life always takes the prize, it seems. Anyway, my advice... Watch it or not, but know this. Be mindful about what you consume on your black screen, or your world will shatter and you'll wonder what the fuck just happened. Yes, really. I will be warning everyone I know, too. Now, did I just play a part in promoting this show, and does my synchro fit nicely into the marketing plan? I don't know, but I know this. The synchro has woke, woken me up to the dark side of meaningful coincidences. Coincidences. <laughs> And for what it's worth, that's not such a bad thing. The world is yin-yang after all. It can't all be fluffy bunnies. To balance the dark, here is some light. It is not my intention. And she sent a bunch of sun, 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 sun uh, emojis there. It's not my intention to share darkness with the world, but sometimes at times like this, I feel like I need my woke-as-fuck woke friends more than ever. Your good selves included. Peace and have a magnificent day. And thank you for your time. I appreciate the topics you guys cover. And it's always a pleasure to catch up on some previous shows. All the best, Angie. Thank you for your courage. I got the one that goes along with that. You do? Yeah. Are you going to tell me now? Yeah. That's probably a good idea. So do you remember um, I took that screen protector oh, off my phone? Yeah. What? Nothing. You're doing your little hand motion thing again. So I took the screen protector off my phone and I was thinking, well... It feels way better using it like that, right? Without that little thing on it. So I was like, so it was, it was off for a few months and I've never, I've never broken my screen before on my phone. Never. 
so I was thinking one morning, that's my phone's pretty good without that screen protector. I don't think I'll put one back on, but I wonder when I'll crack it or if ever, or if I drop it, will it crack? Like, but it hasn't happened yet, but I wonder if it will. Like if it's in that morning, like an hour later, slip out of my hands, crack so across it. Thinking about one day, dropping your phone all morning and then you dropped your phone? No, I just, I didn't think about it all morning. Just a little bit. Oh, that's a bit of a coincidence. I think you doomed yourself. I know. Was it precog or did I manifest it? I think you, that's yeah. the big question. Like you just, yeah, you can't start. You, yeah, you. I should have just yourself. I know. I was just, but it has to do with this black mirror thing. Maybe I'll just watch that now. <laughs> she just sent you an email <laughs> telling you not to watch it. What so, is it? Scary movie? Is that what it is? I don't know what it is. Black Mirror. I think it's about Black Mirror, right? Like this. Oh, um, I see. Yeah, so there you have it. I think she just dropped her iPad. I do it all the time. It's okay. I got some feedback if you want some feedback. A good feedback or bad or feedback? Do you want to get keep on the Halloween thing and do the ghost story? Let's hear your little It's ghost not a scared story. ghost story, though, but it's a ghost. I think it's just the time to play the ghost story. Okay. Graham is a in oh, come on. You don't have to throw that in there. So this is from Jessica. It says, hi, Graham. Maybe this is the place to relay this, but if you have any other suggestions, please let me know. If you use it for the show, please feel free to edit. Well, thank you for saying that, and I hope uh, you weren't supposed to be anonymous because I already said your name. Did you say her last name too? No. That's okay though. So I live in an LA apartment building and down the block there's another building that I've always quite liked. Very mid-century architecture. My son is now five years old and about three years ago a large apartment came up for rent in that building. Intrigued by the wonderful look of the building I decided to go check it out. Phoned the manager. She indicated the door was unlocked during business hours so I went over with my then two-year-old son. The apartment was large and quite nice, but immediately I had a sense of an older man. I thought maybe he was the last tenant who had lived there for a long, long time as the unit was freshly updated, but with many vintage features. As I made my way into the back bedroom, I had the most distinct sensation about this gentleman. At that moment, my two-year-old son came running into the bedroom asking about the man who works here. Oh, oh, no, the apartment is haunted. Well, then, not for us. So I shuffled him out, and that was that. Just today, I noticed another for rents. And I called the number and spoke to the same manager, a nice woman. I got up the courage to tell her our story. It did not match the rental history of that unit. This building, maybe 20 apartments, has so few vacancies she knew exactly which apartment I was referring to from a few years prior. Four hours later, she left me a voicemail and I called her back. She told me she had lived there 30 years and the original owner lived there with his wife. His nickname was Old Man Sam, and she used to help him around the building fixing things before he passed away. He designed and built the apartment building. Ownership had passed through a few hands after his death. <coughs> <clears throat> ah, he designed and built it. He was the man who worked at the building my son had interacted with. Of course. Sounds like a nice enough guy. At the time of the original incident, I related the story of my son's encounter to a family friend. Their comment was, well, he's definitely your son. <laughs> I tried so hard to shield him, but just because I remember how fraught with weird experiences my own childhood was before I learned to get comfortable with stuff 
I think is normal, but most folks find weird or paranormal. Please excuse the pun, but I am dead impressed to find out the man who created and built that residence still inhabits and looks over the place. The current owner does not accept pets, so we can't move in. It's still neat to know there's a benevolent spirit up the block from us doing their thing. I would have assumed my own impressions were somewhat bullshit if not for my two-year-old son's confirmation. The longtime manager's history of the building sealed the deal for me. Amazing. Cheers, Jessica. Should have snuck the pets in. What kind of pets? You'd sneak a cat in. Dogs are tough. Yeah, up here in Calgary, a lot of places allow cats, but not dogs. It's a pretty speciesist. Yeah, they're funded by the the cat place. Yeah, the cat folk. <laughs> Fucking pussies. See how, <laughs> see how corrupt we think things are <laughs> yeah. after, Fucking after the cat lobby. The cat lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a, a bit of feedback here. You got feedback? It's yeah. my turn. Okay. I'm going to read this because I was going to let you read it, but now I feel like I have to read it to redeem myself for what people are calling a poor reading. It's but I'm calling long. it poor writing. It was poor writing. Now this is nothing. This is from who? TJ? TJM? Hi, guys. Your show has been quite influential. He said we could read it, right? He didn't say we couldn't. Have you read it? This came in the mail in the P.O. box. It's a handwritten letter, and it came with a donation. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it. It's nice to get something out of the P.O. box every once in a while. and Twice a year? No, no. We get more than that, for sure. Otherwise, we wouldn't be paying for it. Sometimes, some, it's just sometimes another expense. It goes, sometimes it goes through a dry spell, though. Yeah, for sure. Um... Hi guys, your show has been quite influential in my life. It seems as if I can relate to much of what many of your guests talk about. I really enjoy hearing the synchros from listeners and your... Huh. I don't know what it says. Where, where are you looking? <laughs> the synchros and your what? Where? Whoops. I, uh, right here at the first paragraph. That From one. listeners. <laughs> no. And your own. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a bad start. I really enjoy... Uh, ever since I started listening now, people are going <laughs> to fucking be on Team Graham again. <laughs> okay, do over. Hi, guys. Your show has been quite influential in my life. It seems as if I can relate to much of what many of your guests talk about. I really enjoy hearing the synchros from listeners and your own. Ever since I started listening to your show, my life has been full of them. For some reason, I feel the need to share them. I hope you don't mind. We don't mind. So I guess you're going to have to read the synch... Should I read the synchros and then rate them? I'll rate. I'll do that. The last one I had was just the other day. I was driving home after work and noticed that my phone had downloaded an episode of the show. As always, I get excited to see what you two have in store for us all. I pulled up to a red light and clicked on the latest show. Your episode art came up, and I noticed as soon as I saw the Moai, I looked up to my right and saw in the vehicle next to me was a man with his arm hanging outside his window. Funny thing was, he had a tattoo of an Easter Island Moai the length of his forearm. Before I could snap a photo, the light turned green, and away he drove. Huh. 
There's a ton of these. <laughs> Should I rate that one? There's not a ton. There's only a couple. Okay, to uh, give that. Uh, no, it's it's kind of compounded okay. with the other one. Another interesting rate. ones when I had just left a customer's house driving the work truck. I clicked on the show, and again, the more I was on your episode art, listen, TJ. You gotta get a different podcast player because we have custom episode art every show, and it's beautiful. Um, it might take away some of his synchronicities, though, so he might just want to stick with the old yeah, yeah, podcast maybe. player. Maybe, but maybe this is telling you to get off of that. That's true. <laughs> because I mean, I catch your cost money, but over or overcast is free, and it's great. And then you get the custom episode art every show. But if the podcast app is whatever all you got, we don't. Use what you can. Yeah. But there is custom art every show if you're not using that. Thank you, Napoleon. Thank you, Napoleon. Shout out to Nap. Check uh, out our Instagram uh, if you want to see uh, all that art, that episode art's on our Instagram. As I was rounding the corner to leave the crescent, I looked to my left and noticed a small statue in someone's front yard. The statue is in, of an Easter Island Moai head. The time between seeing your episode art and seeing the Moai statue was mere moments. How long's a moment? I had to pull up and run over to the statue and snap a few photos. The owner of the house happened to pull into the driveway at that time, too. Called me a weirdo and told me to get off his property. Too funny. This isn't, he's lucky he didn't get shot. <laughs> this isn't necessarily a synchro. But nonetheless, I always listen to podcasts with my earbuds in, so I feel I can hear things better than the ones who listen without. Obviously, eh? In two occasions, I puffed away on my pipe and even laughed at the same time Darren took a puff and coughed. Darren puffed, I puffed. Darren coughed, I coughed. <laughs> Seriously perfect timing. A couple of years ago, when I first found you two, it was... Numbers. Whenever you guys were talking about a number, I would see the same number the moment you mentioned it. Either on a sign or a house number. I have to apologize for my penmanship. It's been a while since I've written anything this long. It's a dying art. We all use the QWERTY nowadays. I asked, I was asked by an astrologer on Instagram, a few, he spoke around with your name too, a few weeks ago, if I knew anything about September 23rd, 2017, it's apparently something like a bib biblical prophecy coming to fruition, planetary alignments and such. I told him that I didn't know much, but I'd be more than happy to do some digging into the data. Three days later, I was cleaning up my truck at home when I came across a stack of papers with a bunch of notes I had taken while listening to podcasts. All that time, I had a job that allowed me to drive around the city and listen to podcasts all day. I could usually get six hours of shows in. Whoa. On the top of the first page, I had written September 23rd, 2017. Nothing else of relevance, really, but what? But that date. I thought, how cool is this? Can't be a coincidence. Well, I suppose it could be. A few days after finding that paper, I was searching for any, something in my basement when I stumbled upon another stack of paper. I st started shuffling through them all, and one page in particular caught my attention. In the corner was written the date, September 23rd, 2017. On that date, as I mentioned, is a planetary alignment, kind of a big one at that. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed in with the sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. New pen color now. Must have ran out. 
Right. Revelation 12, 1, 2. Just so you know, I don't subscribe to a dogma. I'm a type of guy who meditates with my crystals and observes the moon and stars on a nightly basis. You do have to agree, though, that a shitload of the world believes in the Bible and takes it literally, like David Matheson calls them, literalists. I listened to your awesome shows with Walt Thornhill not long after finding that last paper. If he, in it, he talked about what would happen if a massive body entered our solar system. He said that the atmosphere of a planet would light up bright enough that we could see it from Earth. And that if it had happened many, many years ago in ancient times, it almost as if a light bulb lit above my head. If there's a biblical, it's almost as if. If there's a big biblical prophecy coming to fruition astronomically. Jesus. On such a massive scale, we could be in for some exciting times. A massive body coming close to Jupiter or our sun during this time could potentially light our solar system up like a circuit board along with chaos on Earth. Sounds great. <laughs> of course, this is just speculation. But the way that these things happen in my life is more than curious. I see signs almost every day that I'm on track. I have a strong intuition. I've worked hard for these three years, for three years to this aspect of my life. I'm not psychic. I just listen to the universe inside of me, which in turn manifests itself outside of me. Or maybe the universe is listening to itself inside of me, which manifests outside of me. Hey. It makes sense to me. Perhaps I'm not explaining this well enough. Anyhow, I just need to tell you guys that what you two do affects my life in a positive way. I'd love to tell you about my experiences with beings that have visited me on three occasions during sleep paralysis and that lucid state plus in that lucid state plus this last visit to get Reiki done. But I've kept you long enough and I'm on the third pen while writing this. I didn't catch the first pen. I missed a pen loss there, but I caught one. Nice. Ah, good Pretty one. Good stuff, eh? And he donated? Yeah. I'll give him Thank you. I'll give him a nine. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I'll Are give you it. Corrupt? <laughs> I'll send your donations in it. I'll give it an eight point four two. A good a good synchro. Eight point four. Which one do you have rating? All together. All together. You can't just start bundling them up into one letter now. Yeah. Oh. He said it's a compound. Well, the first two are a compound with the Moais, and then the second, well, well yeah, the, the second one with the dates and stuff that's different. The dates is different. I don't know what to make of that. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens on yeah <laughs> on September 23rd, 2017. Now watch, we'll start seeing everywhere. The, what's it called, is a month before that. The, the eclipse. Oh, the eclipse? Yeah. Are you going down there So for that? hopefully that thing, that fucking... Cliff High was talking about that might happen while I was down there yeah. will happen in September when I'm home and I won't have to be a hero hopefully no doubt you just have to run away to northern Alberta or northern Ontario run away run away <laughs> running down a dream no it's a different no, 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 no. Monty Python thing oh I were meaning to watch that <clears throat> We could watch it together. Lisa was telling me we should watch it. Or we could watch it in here anytime. Yeah, let's do it. I got some feedback for you if you want. Sure. What's our jingle worthy? Yeah. Which jingle? Uh, Spam Ground. Spam. 
least that jingle pronounces my name properly. It's refreshing every once in a while to hear every that. Once in a while. This is uh, this is from Rory. <clears throat> I recently stumbled upon your amazing show the other day while working in my garden and looking for something interesting for me and my plants to listen to and enjoy, which we did. And yes, it's the kind of garden Darren is thinking of. I've been following. I was, I was just wondering that. I've been following. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some pics for you too. I'll show you after. I've been following the electric universe theory for about a year now, and it really makes so much sense to me. The first show I listened to was the episode with Wall Thornhill, and was hooked. Your show reminds me of me and my friends getting stoned and drunk and discussing our thoughts and ideas on life. Awesome. All, out of all the paranormal, spiritual, conspiracy, alternative, true life radio, Grimerica is my favorite by far. Thanks for all the hard work, and I'm going to subscribe soon. Money is tight right now for my family, and I'll also be sending in some trip reports because I'm an avid psychedelic user and proponent. Hey, just send your weed. I first ate mushrooms at 13. LOL. Don't recommend that. I'm from Seattle and they grow everywhere here. Anyway, yeah, just like Vancouver. I bet you have Liberty yeah, Bells just in, Seattle. in Seattle. Anyway, you guys are awesome. And if you're ever in Seattle again, would love to smoke some fire, Darren, and talk. Thanks. One earth, one destination, one love. Rory Tripp. Seriously, you can't send weed to the P.O. box, so you can't do that. No. You could send some seeds, though. So make sure you put them in something. From the garden? Seeds from the garden? I'm, I'm, I'd like to... Because I filed my paperwork, so hopefully in the near future I'll be able to start growing a couple of plants, and I'd like to have a collection you, of strains. You, what? you filed your what? Paperwork to be really? able to grow, yeah. Yeah. Paid $21 and went and sent it off, and I think it takes two months. So when's that going to happen? When does that? Two months, and then you're allowed to just grow your own? I think for, for medical my purposes only? I'll be allowed to grow like eight plants, maybe. Wow, Really? That's yeah. quite a bit, isn't it? Oh, I, I'm so, would, is that I'm more so than excited. you would ever smoke? No, I'm, well, I don't I'm, know. Just to be that clear, I don't know. I've never, I've never grown dope. I've always wanted to, so I'm like super excited. You don't know how much that that yields. I've been watching YouTube videos. I think I'll get probably maybe a pound or so. Oh, James is guy on this. A pound, a pound or two. Are you partnering up with anybody? Well, me and James <laughs> are working together. Not working together, but we're like. <laughs> Trading info. We're actually going to do different methods so we can compare notes, and we're, we're, we're both starting the adventure together. Nice. So I'm looking forward to it. So any advice <laughs> anyone has? I have advice. Or sense. I have advice. You sense. can order it online and get it delivered next day, like you've been doing. So why go through all this trouble? Like why can't you just pick your strains online like you're doing? And you're shopping like that. Why? Why go through the? Why trouble? do I grow my own vegetables? That's different. Wow. I just saw some. How's it different? I'm, I'm actually. About it. If it goes well, I, I'm I'm already considering getting another tent because another what a, a bigger tent and committing tent. Tent. committing a room and having a, a bigger tent just to grow vegetables all year round because the growing season is so short here it's annoying you get like one crop I mean spinach you can have a couple months of spinach every day or lettuce every day but um, like my massage therapist has a tent. And he's got like tomatoes in there. He's always he? got, like, yeah. We've been over this. <laughs> I'm actually trying Lisa's. Uh, yeah, you have to try girl. the fe females can do just as good a job I've, as I've had a few, and they've never been able to do just as good a job as Scott. 
Here they're making fun of me and coffee enemas, and you're getting massages from males. So. Well, I don't see anything wrong with no, that. No, I know. I don't either. I used to do it all the time. He's got strong hands. <laughs> he really gets in there. Anyway, what was I saying? He grows, yeah, he has like an eight by eight in his basement. And he's got, so he's got year round. So it's like the size, size of, the of a studio with lights in it. And he's just got year round. He's got fresh lettuce, tomatoes, blah, blah. Like it, and I was thinking oh, I about it, it yeah. with growing lights in an eight by eight tent. So if you committed one spare room of your house and fucking put in an eight by eight or a six by six tent, you could grow enough vegetables, I think, to feed your fucking family. I think it's, it'd be close. And all the friends it would that take come you, over it would for take you a when while. the apocalypse happened. It would take you a while for the, before the, is that like a pop tart? <laughs> <laughs> it would take a while before I think you got there, before you figured it all out. But in that side of kind of controlled environment year round, like my tomato plant in the kitchen, that little tomato plant is giving me four or five tomatoes a day. Really? Eh? Yeah. And that's, that's just in lot. the window. That's one plant? Yeah. Well, no, some days it's less. It's a little tiny tomatoes, right? Right. So I, but then, but that's going to get less and less sun as the winter comes. Well, have you looked into Dr. Richard Allen Miller's uh, geodesic domes and his like, what, what do they call those, uh, the, those pods? Those, um, what do those go in the yard or something? Yeah. Are they put good them, for minus? They go minus, into the ground as well. Like they're probably, and they're good for minus 40. I don't know. I look into it. That's the thing here is the winter kills you. Yeah. But if I could have a tent and I, I really think you get a couple tomato plants, a little patch of spinach, a little patch of lettuce, a little patch of kale. Yeah, but how do have you? Some peas. How does your tent? You keep out the. You, what temperature do you have to have your tent at? I mean, how are you gonna? If it's, if it's minus thirty out for a couple your tent weeks would of the be year. fucking in the house. The tent's in your spare room. A tent in the spare room. It's so a grow why, tent. Why would I think it's an that, actual grow tent? That well, you I know. Buy. Why would I think it would be inside? You're talking about a tent. Tents go outside. Why would you no, call it a tent? Because it's, it's, it's a grow tent. It makes that controlled environment. <sighs> I mean, you could even like spike the spike the CO two in there and shit. So, that so you would max out your maximum plants, like yeah. pot plants, and then and then use the rest for vegetables. Just convert a whole room, obviously, a whole tent. So, how much room would eight plants take? Like half of that space? Oh no, no. Like I'm I'll, when I do mine, I'll do mine in probably like a three by three tent. Or maybe you only need four plants. Like who needs? Yeah, exactly. Need Once like I figure it out, but I'll have a separate tent for that. I'll have a little tent to do that in. And but then I'm considering, I'm really considering having like a thing just for vegetables and just having year long, because I enjoy in the summer having that. And now in the winter it's gone. But if I think if you did it, you could really offset like someone like you, where it's just you and Maria. You could probably get like a little two foot for two foot by three foot. Have a little tent and have. You know, a tomato plant, a little, you know, you could probably have all your own vegetables growing like in your closet. See, for me, it's just not, not worth it. When the, when the apocalypse happens, I'll come over to your place and share your fresh vegetables. No, it's just, it's a lot of work. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to feed a family. Like it's, I'd rather just buy them from the organic market or whatever. Yeah. I'll just buy them off you. I, I can't, I can't even No, right? Just no, no fucking intro. No. I like that kind of stuff. I think I'm gonna sneak chickens in the in the spring. I'm just gonna build. Oh, it, I'm just gonna build a chicken coop there and fucking bring the neighbor on that because it'll be only the neighbor on this side that might notice. Because I'll keep them in the dog run like, and then I'll just like just bring them. I'm gonna bring them eggs private, all the time. I'll bring them eggs every morning, You're or I'll bring corrupt. like a You're dozen gonna, eggs a week. Just yeah, get yeah. The, you get didn't the, see no chicken. Get the chicken lobby to put some money in. Is there a chicken lobby? I don't know. Um. 
Are you allowed to grow tomatoes inside in your like? Because isn't there rules and laws somewhere in the states too that you're not allowed to do that? Like I don't people think are so. getting in trouble for growing their own vegetables. I don't know. Like, Here you, you can. You probably need a buy. You probably need a license. I mean, if you want to grow pot, you have to get a thing, or otherwise yeah. you're a felon. Yeah, but a I've felon. Got, well, I don't know what the rule is for growing your own in the new world. The like new it's world? changed quickly, but like back in the day, whenever I was, you know thought about it because i've never thought about it since i had kids but you know 10 years ago but then it was a big deal right if you got caught growing a couple pot plants you were in trouble real trouble whereas i don't know what they do nowadays but for 21 dollars, i'll just you know i've got my prescription i can just get the permit isn't there a risk that it just beyond becomes non-medicinal and it just becomes a uh, like a escape or an entertainment thing well i don't know you know what i mean like, even that's fucking that's like there's mental health too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, it's probably some people. If you shouldn't be smoking shatter all day, don't do that. I know people who do that. Right, they're like a step behind. They're a step behind people that don't smoke shatter all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just like anything else. You can't meditate all day all day long either. Well, you could. Some people do, probably. Yeah. Like the spiritual healer I took my dad to, was, he'd like meditate for like 10, 12 hours a day. That's probably better for you than smoking shatter. Yeah. I don't think you could smoke shatter for 12 hours a day. Probably going to go down after people seven or eight. People probably don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I do, I think. It's yeah. just really high potent, like... Resin, sort of like yeah. pot resin, sort of. Yeah, that's yeah. just not really for me. I prefer my flower. Your flower. That's yeah. what you call it. Your flower. That's right. <laughs> I'm old school. Wow. Anyway, so I do have a couple things here. Um, oh, right. I got it before I forget. So what about this uh, thing. What's this thing about? No, you don't have to read that. That was just a gift from somebody. I still don't know I what it is. Like, you thought it was a nipple clip, but we're gonna make some crazy water or something. No, no, it's just it's 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 a silver. Uh, it's it's a kit for making uh, your colloidal silver. I forget what that is. Yeah, I think it's like a detox thing. It's like helps. Or you drink it. Yeah, I think oh. you could do other things with it as well. Trade in the silver for cash. We'll need that after the apocalypse. There's not enough silver there for anything. There will be after the apocalypse. You think so? Eh? That'll be our currency. I ain't selling you no fucking vegetables either. I'll, I'll steal them. You can have the, steal the compost. So uh, <clears throat> the other thing I want to mention is uh, we just came out on uh, O-Culture, the O-Culture podcast. Oh, that's right. At uh, 432 Hertz. Like that. Have you been doing ours at 432 Hertz? I think that's a thing to do and see how people feel. No, I haven't. I'm not sure do that. No, it changes it. So I think we're episode that. three. So if you want to hear me and Darren. After uh, all the money we've dumped into having really good audio, we're going to. What do you mean? That doesn't change the quality of the audio. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. You said you can test and see how it sounded. It makes it sound like you're in a hallway. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I'll show you after this. Really? Okay. No, I won't. <sighs> so, anyways, that's. Uh, we're uh, episode three or something like that. It was a fun chat. Check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. It was a gooder, for sure. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. And the other thing I got is uh, just a UFO quote of the day there, buddy. You're on. Profound UFO quote of the week. 
I keep forgetting to edit the X-Files music back in. People miss that. Oh, yeah, I miss that. What happened to it? I don't know. It just didn't make the, the thing, didn't make it to the, the new soundboard. So uh, this is obviously uh, appropriate for the political climate. It's some more WikiLeaks uh, stuff. <coughs> Podesta. Oh, shit. I think I just... Uh, Deleted it. Yeah, there we go. Check out, uh, so yeah, James said we need to. What? Ask for support more. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to pull this up quickly. This is uh, emails from John Podesta and, uh, and Hillary and some other people about UFOs and stuff. It's pretty funny. One of these is about, uh, there's a but there's one with a bunch of questions from Vice. It was pretty pretty funny. Um, and there's another one talking about all the the, the the questions from Vice were quite in depth actually about that. But what I'm looking for is the one where Hillary gets asked about. Um, oh, you know what? Every time it comes to me for this this thing, I have them all set up and ready to go, and then they disappear. I don't know what's like going the on. jingle thing. What happened there? The jingle thing. The yeah. jingle thing. I don't know. Your jingles are usually a train wreck. Damn, I'm, I'm getting really frustrated now. Because I had it there. <laughs> and I'm just poking at you. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a sec. You got anything else? Uh, hmm. Support the show. Uh, oh, I got it. If you, uh, I got it. <clears throat> this me. is this is from uh, this is how was Jimmy Kimmel? This is from one of one somebody working for Hillary Clinton. There, I don't want to say her name. To John Podesta. And he's answering, she was charming, got lots of laughs, and worked in a lot of message, including climate change. He didn't end up asking her about UFOs. Now, I think this must have been the first Kimmel one, because obviously the other one he did ask her, right? She was very disappointed. She practiced UAPs for five minutes beforehand. The skit was fine, but not a home run. We had lots of issues with the development of it today. Her interview was the best part of the show. She's getting really good at this format. She's relaxed, confident, works in message, and has fun. Is that you unidentified know, aerial? Phenomenon, yeah. She had to practice it for five minutes. So maybe she's not really into the UFOs. So. <laughs> so, so disclosure people, like if this email's in there, like, yeah, you, it's all a pipe dream. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So, also check out, uh, so, Value for Value. We run on a Value for Value model here. Uh, the winter is coming. It's getting cold. We're actually complaining about the cold already. Yeah, if you ever if you ever build a podcast studio, don't build it out of a commercial refrigerator. Yeah, it seems like a really good idea, but it just never seems to work out. Freezing in the winter and cooking in the summer. <laughs> It's more like an amplifier, weather amplifier. Yeah. Anyway, check out uh, grammerica.ca slash support. 
Uh, sign up for a monthly if you can. If not, shoot us a one-time donation. Uh, really does help us offset the expenses. Yeah, and, uh, yeah totally. The new toys that we have to get. Uh, and we're not doing gas any ads. Syndrome. And no paywalls either. We, yeah, we never want to do paywalls because we don't want to limit our... We don't want to limit our growth, and we don't want to do content for, you know, a couple of hundred people. I'd rather just everything we do will always give away for free. It seems to be. Yeah. You know, that's just what we're going to do. So as long as, you know, you guys hold up your end of the bargain, we'll never have to do anything silly, or we'd rather just keep plugging away like we're doing. Yeah. Sign up for a monthly. Um, Check out grimerica.ca slash support. There's a bunch of different options there. Get them, you know, a buck a month, two bucks a month. Whatever you need, if you want a custom donation, you can just shoot me an email, tell me what you want, and I can email you a custom button, one-time button. And, uh, yeah, if you can't do that, tell your friends about the show. That's another way to help. Um, of course, spam Graham. Yeah, you can connect with us, though, on e- by email, Instagram, Twitter, what else? YouTube, that type of thing. YouTubular, Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Like the Facebook page. Did you tell them about the, the, the swag? Oh, yeah, check out slash swag, or uh, that's our red bubble page. So there's just about anything you want there. Someone, someone was saying they wanted kid stuff. I I think you can get the Grimerican shirts in kids. But if there's something else you want in kids, just shoot shoot me an email, um, and I can make it available in kids. I just don't want to make it all available in kids because it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, and it's not yeah. going to, you know, we don't sell any shit anyway. Like seriously, it's like one, one yeah. or two shirts a month. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing. Sometimes a bit more, maybe, <laughs> but for the most part, it's not much more than that. Yeah. Um. So I don't want to go start designing everything perfect. So if there's something you see, want in the store but you don't see, I might be. It might be an option that I just haven't. Yeah. Haven't switched on because yeah. it's just it's a bit of work. But I mean, it is a pretty good option because they've got more inventory and sizes and colors and they can do all the stuff that we could have never, never done the overhead to have all that shit on hand. So works out that way. Yeah. It is easier that way for sure. Yeah. So get a shirt, help out the show. Actually, local people, I still have a bunch of shirts. Send your marijuana seeds to the P.O. box. So local people get in touch with me and I got shirts too. I think, I think I owe someone a large shirt. Hmm. Is there any shoot sauce, save Sasquatch sauce? Those are gone. Right? I think those are gone. Maybe I'll just... Are they in Redbubble? Maybe I'll just Sasquatch? send them a fucking one from Redbubble. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's probably cheaper. Yeah. It's more expensive to mail something across Canada than yeah. it is in the, in the States. It's ridiculous. Even I think it was cheaper to the UK, wasn't it? Yeah. Cheaper to send yeah. it to a little island in the fucking then, then North to Atlantic. It, then to send it, honestly, like for a 15-hour drive east. Yeah. Way to go, efficient postal service. Welcome to socialism. <laughs> Imagine what that would be like. Everything's inefficient. Not um, necessarily. I don't know. No, no. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into that. That doesn't make sense. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late to get into that. Yeah. Where was I going now? Just you're, you're sending somebody a shirt from Redbubble. That's right. Right. Wasn't there something else? Uh, no, just uh, just That's enjoying it. the chat. Yeah. Do all that stuff and uh, enjoy the chat with James Evan Pilato. James Evan Pilato.
right, tonight we've got James Evan Pilato here of MediaMonarchy.com. Some some of you may have heard him with uh, with James Corbett. He does a weekly show called uh, New World Next Week. And he's got his own, uh, I think it's like a daily news show, fully listener-supported, or as we were just chatting, at least listener-supported. I don't know if it's fully listener-supported or how much comes out of his own pocket, but similar to style with us, no ads and, and uh, no sponsorship. Just good old independent news. A little bit more mainstream than we're usually uh, chatting about here, but it's really good to have you on. James, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm a little more mainstream. Is that what you mean? I mean, you talk about mainstream topics. <laughs> That's all. You're less I think mainstream. He means political. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, ge- maybe more. I should say more Geopo- geopolitical. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and before I forget, we also have James Nation here to join us too. Thanks for coming, James. Hey, buddy, how you doing? James, like our technical support, our power, as as James Evan Plato said, is our is power, James. Well, yeah, I like that. Yeah, we're like double James powered here. <laughs> ah, James squared. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, apparently is the way I like to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you so you've been you uh, just been listening to your stuff lately, and you've gone you've gone fully like fully into this project 100%. So now you are like listener supporter. You don't have another job, right? This is your full-time gig. This is my this is my full-time gig. I'm treating Media Monarchy like it's my 9 to 5 job and I do it Monday through Friday and try and you know almost literally kind of report to to the studio, report to the office, you know, at at those appropriate times. Um and it's really the culmination of, I mean, I've basically been joking. Yeah, well, it took me 10 years before I felt like I could ask people for money. Right. right. <laughs> but I, I had done, I've done Media Monarchy. I, I've been saying, you know, I went online on 9-11-05. Yeah. We had the anniversary recently. So, of course, hitting that 11th anniversary for me of doing Media Monarchy. I did it as a side thing while I worked regular day and night jobs in Portland. And in 2012, I actually got a huge opportunity to go work at a commercial radio station and work with Clyde Lewis. If you've ever heard ground zero with Clyde Lewis, I got the chance to go produce that show. So I ended up putting what had been for six years, my weekly media monarchy live broadcast that I did at a local kind of pirate station here in Portland. And of course, doing New World Next Week with Corbett by that point, I put my my own weekly show kind of on the back burner to go to this commercial radio job that was a great opportunity, too tough to, you know, to kind of want to pass by. Mm-hmm. But I knew that I couldn't do both both shows all the way. Um, and we ended up working in commercial radio for three years. Long story short, got frustrated with working at a commercial radio station, but I was pretty good at it and they liked me and actually wanted to sign me up to a contract, which is the point where I was sort of like, er, I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. So I realized this sort of window of opportunity. And of course, a lot of stuff happens at home. I have a hugely supportive and amazing longtime partner and fiance. And she and I work in both similar ways. We've always kind of been in live production and we've always been in media work and we've always kind of done it more with our hearts than with our heads, which of course leads to wild success and riches in lots of areas. Yeah, right there. <laughs> so we kind of uh, we kind of switched, honestly, and I left my full time job with benefits to try and finally try and make Media Monarchy my full time gig because I knew I, I sort of realized I had this amazing luck 
that the show I had been doing with a guy since 2009 on the internet, we doing it on YouTube ever since you couldn't upload more than 10 minutes. <laughs> that was know, a thing? 2009. <laughs> so, because we would always, you know, we were watching the stopwatch when we were doing it because you couldn't go a second over. Or it would, you know, it would reject your video. Wow, so I realized really? that, you know, over the course of the years, continuing to do New World Next Week as his stature and influence and awesomeness grew, I realized, oh my God, like New World Next Week is the thing everybody knows me from. And if I'm going to make Media Monarchy what I'd love to make it, it was one of those sort of now or never, this is probably the great window of opportunity to try and make a full-on go of it. Yeah. Because it was also basically around the 10th anniversary of Media Monarchy. So I quit my job and tried to make a full go of Media Monarchy, sort of solicited donations, Patreon, PayPal, getting people to sort of give a consistent amount of money that I could that I could bank on. Yeah, yeah. But starting January of 2016, yeah, I basically do a morning show every morning and then do a music show at noon and do those every day, Monday through Friday, and then hopefully try and plug in something extra like New World Next Week or an interview with Grimerica. Huh. And we- then aren't you doing the good news as well? Yeah, as sort of a spinoff. All through, uh, all last year, James Corbett and I... Because everything gets so shitty and, and dire, we 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 made the promise that on New World Next Week, we were going to include some kind of positive story every episode of 2015. And we did all of that, and sort of that led to when I was relaunching Media Monarchy, I was going to, I'm going to make a spinoff. I'm going to make a show that just does the good news. So I've been doing those kind of myself, kind, you know, kind of... You know, low low production value style, but busting out hopefully good news every week. Yeah, it's, it must have been hard to start asking for donations. I mean, we went through this this thing at the start of our show, which was, was three and a half years ago now, and we were going to do a good news thing. It was all about. I was thinking, well, we're just going to put we'll put these good news stories out there as well. But then we kind of switched to an interview style, and and I was kind of against asking for money at the beginning as well. And then soon enough, when expenses start building up, we're like, we're not going to have ads. Well, we thought, we thought about all this stuff, but we thought, um, let's just try go, you know, donation based. So it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. I mean, how did you find that asking for money uh, after so many years? Well, I mean, fortunately there were already people that were donating and people that were donating consistently because in the sort of earlier days, I did solicit, I solicited support mostly just enough to, hey, let's pay for the dot-com renewal. Hey, help me pay for just sort of the basic operations of the site, which I kept pretty cheap and was using, you know, there was a free platform I could use to blog or post or podcast or any of that. I was pretty much using it. That was kind of part of my Media Monarchy relaunch I had all these different blogs and all these different things kind of spread out. I bought server space and moved everything to one MediaMonarchy.com. So all those different blogs over a decade that were in different spots are actually now all in one place. So I really love having it all on my own server, and it's all on my own MediaMonarchy.com. And being able to sort of come back, as it were, and realizing, hey, I've got a decades archive worth of work kind of showing that I've been doing this for a while. 
And that was a part of, you know, sort of seeing, because of course, you know, alternative media slash just online media, people making stuff has exploded exponentially. Yeah. yeah, So that was another part of trying to figure out how can I, you know, how can I do my thing in a world that's filled with people talking about the truth about blah, 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 expose all capital letters on YouTube. Yeah. 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 It's hard to weed through all that stuff sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that because I like that you have all your stuff available as, uh, as, uh, in audio format as well. Oh yeah, I was going to mention like that. that. That's a big one. The pod. I think the podcast format is uh, is really starting to take off. Well, actually, it'd be interesting to know what what you think about that, James, because we have this discussion all the time. Because I'm I'm addicted to my audio, my on demand on my phone, my audio. Right, so it's hard for me to watch YouTube or listen to YouTube even. But so many people still seem to want the YouTube or video type thing as well. Do you find how do you find your own? Uh, your own structure there is there is there just as much demand for the on-demand audio or i find well and again a lot of it is thanks to doing new world next week with corbett that i look at my i you know i turn i long since turned off the you know the notifications of you've got a new subscriber on youtube so for a long time i hadn't really paid attention to it and it was only then when i kind of started to look back and go holy shit that's that's a lot of numbers i realized that's all of course from new world next week kind of clickovers or annotations, maybe even. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm radio. I was always radio. That's my background is radio. That's if I have, again, sort of as I'm trying to sort of, <laughs> I mean, in some ways you have to, as I'm trying to market my brand of media monarchy and trying to figure out what I really, you know, sort of have to offer that maybe other people don't or my own different take on it is that I'm radio and I was radio before 9-11. Whereas probably a lot of people we got involved in doing specifically, you know, political deep state media post 9-11 because you got into researching any number of topics that turn on any number of different people, whether it's the money or the politics or any of it. So wait, you don't, um, you don't think... Uh... You don't think it was planes that took down the towers? <laughs> he just jumps right into nine eleven. <laughs> uh, we hold on. We can get into that. <laughs> but I was uh, I was start I started doing college radio in nineteen ninety five, and I'd been even doing the the morning announcements at my high school. So I have a long history of running my big mouth. Um. But it was always college radio, and it was indie rock, and it was music radio that I that I sort of programmed and DJed and did a ton of stuff at this college station back in my home state, where I'm originally from, in West Virginia on the East Coast. But the college town's about an hour out of D.C., so it has a little bit more of a metropolitan influence. It was a bit of a cooler town. Um, but I sort of, you know, I come from radio. So when you say, you know, having having the audio version of something available for me. It's like, yeah. well, that's probably the main yeah. version that I made. I'm only sort of, I'm making more and more YouTube videos and posting more to YouTube because I realize like that's, you know, you know, I'm, I've fucking had it with, you know, I deactivated my Facebook account a couple months ago. It's looking like Twitter's going to sell to Disney. And that's going to be hard for me to continue to want to use a platform <laughs> like that as well. So I was like, everything just kind of gets engineered. It's like, man, 
I'm just going to use my own things, just a couple of things. I use them myself. I'm going to do an audio podcast, but YouTube is kind of undeniable in its reach. So, so I mean, I basically, I'm, I'm, I've always been radio. I guess right. that's, I was just seeking to make the distinction that, yeah, and yeah. not to rag on people, but most people got turned on to the politics and they realized they had to do something about it through the media. I had always been doing media and then realized yeah, yeah. I had to do politics with it. Right, right, right. So as far as the audio format goes, though, is that does that work for you? Like the on-demand audio format then? Is that still growing right now? Or is it? Or, you, or do you find the video growing way more? Uh, you know, it, it depends. It feels like it depends on what I put up on yeah, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. And I can, I mean, and you can see how it becomes an addiction in a way for pe- probably people small and big and businesses big. The most recent, one of the most recent things, because I even, I've been trying to post clips from the morning show. So I basically just have, you know, a couple little minute rant from the morning show that I just put up a still on YouTube Mm -hmm. and post that up just to basically spread the word about the morning show. Yeah. The most part. Huh. Posted up one, I posted up one, you know, yesterday or whatever, whatever the most recent clip was. And it was about the latest latest athlete who's not standing for the pledge or bowing down to the military and it's not the colin kaepernick guy who's not doing the pledge there's actually a a new york knicks basketball player they were doing a camp at west point and they did this big military dinner and thing and this guy was basically like i'm not doing that i don't believe you know and kind of had an anti-war rant and statement i found that when i posted that yeah. Oh, this people love to argue about shit. So anything that's really divisive and really kind of provocative, that's the stuff that you see you get more clicks and you get more views on. So you see how it can kind of probably become an addiction to people that the more, you know, because that's, I mean, I'm not posting shit about sports very often. That was, <laughs> but, to, you know, in hit that way. I realize, oh, that's going to get a lot more clicks, but that's, you know, I can't, I can't really work that way. I find I get a lot more action out of still the podcast, the audio version, and it's probably the older quote unquote. I mean, they're probably more my age. I mean, I just turned 39. So I don't know how many, you know, 24 year olds are getting the podcast of Media Monarchy. And maybe they are. I hope they are. And that's honestly, that's why I'm trying to, of course, grow it in, yeah, in yeah. different ways. Yeah. I think the YouTube demographics are probably similar. You think? Yeah, that's, I mean, because I can't, I don't really have that information either, but I just assume, I just assume from the YouTube, I just don't like, because YouTube breaks everything down by gender and everything, you know, and I kind of just apply those metrics to the audio feed as well. I've had the show since I've been doing the morning show, a daily thing, and I could sort of prove that it was going to be a consistent thing. There's a Truth Seeker app, which is basically just an app that kind of carries some podcasts and carries some news and carries some feeds and stuff. But I knew they were kind of, you know, kind of unique in what they did. So in my relaunch, they were a place that I kind of hit up and said, hey, would you be interested in carrying, you know, my morning show on a Monday through Friday basis? And I realized I've gotten, you know, audience through that that I maybe wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And I basically, you know, <laughs> I'm 
have lots of people every day write or email or text and be like, hey, I found you through Corbett and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, well, that's pretty much how it's been working. And I, hey, I like that you do your own thing, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just sort of go, hey, I, you know, I, I was making a show and doing stuff before Corbett. But you sort of, you, you, you know, I, I liken it to being in a band and maybe like the lead singer got super popular. And then me as the the bass player was like, oh shit, people are looking at my bass playing work too. <laughs> Graham knows how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, that reminds me of Charlie on Lost, actually. Which one's Charlie? I didn't ever he actually was, watch Lost. No, he was, he was the bass player and his brother was the lead singer and his brother got super famous and Charlie got a drug addiction. <laughs> Uh, didn't, didn't you play bass, Darren? Too? I did play bass. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And but James, and you're a lead a drug singer. Addiction at times. And have, <laughs> you, have you always been a lead singer, James? Uh, I was. A, I was a drummer. Were you? Yeah. Wow. How do you tell if the stage is level? The level? What side of the uh, the drummer's mouth the drool's coming out of? <laughs> I couldn't remember oh, the punchline. I remember I heard joke. the setup. <laughs> it is a bad joke. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm drummer and singer as well, but have an L. What um, what's your big thing now? What's um, what's your uh, kind of the right now? What's your big uh, piss off? Like kind of, I guess your whole thing kind of follows the. Well, we call it no agenda thinking, but I guess it's you know the same sort of alternative media thing that uh, everything the. The mainstream is throwing at us as bullshit most of the time, and secret wars, and all this, all this stuff. Which is your favorite, or which one pisses you off the most? Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. What thing pisses me off? Besides the most? America's top president, next top president, or Darren? well, I was going to say at the top, you guys, are you sure we should be doing this right now? We're missing what is no doubt a riveting vice presidential debate going on right now as oh, we is speak. that on tonight? Oh, geez. Nobody right, cares about right the now. VPs. Nobody gives a shit uh, about the VPs. Fox News three minutes ago tweet, police officers are the best of us, says Mike Pence. <laughs> this just in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But those guys are pretty much just the same dude. They really seem like the same dude. Yeah. I wish it were, I mean, as far as just the shits and giggles of it, I wish it were more of Damn, why aren't we watching Ann Coulter argue with, I don't know, Tom Vilsack, the like Monsanto slash governor slash Clinton foundation crony? <laughs> yeah, I wish there were more, you know, sort of divisive because it is. Everybody says we're like idiocracy now because sort of rocketed to idiocracy in the last two years. Everyone thinks. Do you think it even do you think it even matters who wins though? I think it matters for the psyche, but it doesn't matter for the policies. Or the change, yeah. 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 I think it matters for it matters for the people who invest, you know, sort of so much of their who they are into a lot of it. And it is really and this is something that I wonder you know, wonder what other countries their experiences have been like. Now of course we're all hyper connected. So I'm sure America's shoving itself down everyone all around the world all the time. But our presidential elections never fucking end here. It just sort of seems to be an 
kind of always ongoing thing that someone's always campaigning and that this campaign has been going on now seemingly for years. It does seem like it's been going on forever. Yeah. But really, I think that it's, it's a lot that it matters to the people who think that it matters to them. And it sort of sets, I mean, basically I would imagine that it sets the agenda that has already been decided upon. Oh, well, if it's going to be an agenda filled with, you know, these highs and these lows, well, perhaps this front person might most embody or typify that experience. And what, you know, from 2008 to 2016, I I feel like I, I agree. I don't think anything's going to change, but it's tempting having Trump, you know, <clears throat> like a wrecking ball through this whole thing. And, and yeah. it's tempting that, and you to think that maybe he might make a difference. Like maybe he will shake things up, but I mean, I can just imagine if he gets in, he's going to be hammered by all these advisors and he's just going to be frozen into doing absolutely nothing. Just like everybody else. Like I I really don't see it changing. Can you explain to people like who still think that there's a difference between the left and the right? Like why you think the deep state is really, you know, really just this sort of non-changing uh, force like you know it, it, you still get so much it still frustrates me that so many people are tied up in this sort of uh you know illusion we lost listeners probably over the ortel episode yeah we had Where charles ortel on him <laughs> that was the most negative feedback we've ever had oh is that uh is that is that sort of political is that all election talk all the time no it was uh we had charles ortel on who uh who did the Clinton Foundation? He's done all this Clinton Foundation work. The guy who figures out that it's not even a legal entity and all that. Um, I mean, I I guess I had hoped that with everybody getting connected, and it has happened that you'd figure out more of what's really going on, and more and more people are figuring out more and more of what's really going on. But the sort of levers of control. I mean, all the, I mean, I mean, you think of even sort of what the wild, wild west of the web was even just 10 years ago. And it all sort of gets smushed back into control. I noticed this while I was at the commercial radio stations. And of course, you know, you're in the radio station and there's all TVs up on the wall. So there's always all the news channels and all the other stuff just blink and blanging all the time <laughs> in your face. Yeah. I mean, I saw the, I saw the Today Show for a good stretch every morning. So I could see exactly, and the sound, of course, is never on, but I can see exactly what they're talking about each and every day. And it felt like over the last couple of years, the push has been from corporate-controlled media, and they are all owned by the same handful of places. That's why they've all been trying to buy each other up. They want to sort of get everybody back to having the same three conversations. So I go, all right, everybody went a little nutso and you're all talking about all kinds of crazy shit. Let's all make sure we're all just talking about whatever today's hashtag national blank day is, whatever sort of acceptable political thing and probably some, you know, maybe sad tragedy story or some, you know, WTF kind of story. It's kind of gotten everybody back on the same page and we all have the same conversations on Facebook and all of, unfortunately, your longtime friends and family seem to be hugely invested in what is, that's, you, you said it back to me, that's what we've been calling it for months, America's next top president. It's people who otherwise don't know shit about politics. 
because unfortunately they might be Joe or Jane six pack. But this is the Super Bowl that goes on for a year and a half. And they like to get invested in it and talk about it like they know and like they've been paying attention. I'm actually a longtime hater of sports. So, of course, being a, you know, punk ass kid with long hair and, you know, weird band T-shirts in high school and didn't take part in the stuff and the pep rallies and all of that. You know, I may as well have worn a tutu and pranced down the hall, but did not take part in all of that stuff. It's like, man, why now would you? It would be as though if I, every four years, went to sports fans and said, man, I'm really into the World Cup. Let me tell you all about it. You'd be like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't pay attention to any of this shit. You're just talking about it because it's on TV and it's on your friend face feed. And that's what it feels like. That's the frustration in the political season. Because I have, you have, we probably all have friends and family that it's like, you're a fucking moron. Stop posting all that stupid shit. Think for yourself for a second. And it's just fights and everybody all hates on each other because they're all saying, oh, you don't like this guy and you don't like that guy. And it just feels like a huge mess and everybody argues the result will thrill and shock and surprise, but we'll wake up and not a goddamn thing will change. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's definitely the case, but I flip flop back and forth thinking that maybe the mainstream doesn't have the same amount of hold as it did or like I go through this period. Well, there's not really that many people watching it and there's more people, you know, following alternative stuff now. But then then I don't know if that's true or not, you know, but you heard I heard I don't know if it was on your podcast or maybe Stefan Molyneux or something. The guy was talking about how Hillary is, is pretty surprised about how she can't control the media. Like she expected to be able to mm. control the, the media, which is the, you know, let's say the top three or four stations or whatever, but she doesn't realize all this other stuff going on. Like, you know, the, the, the Twitter guy who's got a, a million, you know, a million views from some sort of uh, periscope thing, you know, all this sort of background media going on. Oh. So do you have hope? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and But I don't know that it'll ever be some sort of dun-dun-dun-dun, we won, and everything's great. Yeah. No, it's going to be, it's always going to be constant battles. But it does, I mean, things, things feel like they get accelerated, but it feels like that you're in really fraught times and everything's about to fall apart and shit's going to hit the fan really this time for sure. Yeah, yeah, And then you realize and remember even as you get older, oh, we've done this before. We all thought, you know, I grew up in the satanic panic, Russia's going to kill us early 80s. Yeah. And thought, you know, oh my God, you know, it seemed like end of the world times. Oh, but there was a great president that everybody kind of liked. Good old Ronnie. You know, it's, it's, I realize these things sort of have these cycles and have these repetitions. It gets, I don't know, it gets scarier, though, because as the, the power to kill you becomes that much more powerful. Were you ever scared of Russians, Graham? Yeah, a little bit. Really? That was yeah. the thing here? Yeah, we, we had, uh, so we, in the 80s, in the early 80s, I remember a lot about, the two things I remember from like that kind of hype is the the Russians and like the, the like hide under your desk thing. I'm sure that we practiced that a little bit. <laughs> and then, and then uh, acid rain. I remember that being a big, <laughs> big yeah. scare. Cause I was thinking as a kid, I'm like, 
if it's raining and it's acid all the time, how are we ever going to be safe? Like, it's just going to rain toxic toxins on you. <laughs> and then what happened to that problem? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, yeah. You I know? never heard like, about acid. Well, that's fucking... funny. Did you grow up, we watch, you know, old cartoons and shows and stuff. It's like, wow, quicksand and falling anvils apparently used to be a huge problem. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad I don't have to add it anymore. I, I was just reading about acid rain, actually, and it's just the pH level of the rain from picking up all the carbons in the sky. Oh, yeah. And I guess we've just passed the mark where um, it changes, and now we're constantly in an acid rain state. Right. <laughs> so As a we planet. Are, yeah, we, we just are. get rained on by acid. Yeah. <laughs> it's just slightly acidic. There's no real safe crops. Like when yeah. somebody says they've got like natural crops somewhere, like there's nowhere safe. Well, on the I mean, the anymore. pH level that they're talking about is somewhere in six, like between five and six, somewhere in there. And that's good for a lot of plants, right. actually. So. Yeah. It's like just like carbon dioxide. It's good for the plants. <laughs> These things should be thriving. That's what they need. What they crave. So we should go back to, uh, you kind of said 9-11 might not have been uh, a true story. We should go back to that. That kind of caught me off guard. Oh, really? Why did that catch it? No, I was just kidding. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Was that kind of the big one for you? Like, were you kind of on our side of the fence before 9-11, or was that one for you, or what kind of brought you to the dark side? What side of the fence were we on? Oh, like... We're not on the same side oh. of the fence as the people watching the vice president right, right, that right, debate. Right, right. Ah. <laughs> uh, Mike Pence just said a nation without borders is not a nation. This is your latest uh, vice presidential debate soundbite tweet. <laughs> um, could you repeat the question? Was it, was it, what was the turning point for you? Like, was 9-11 one of the big turning points that you, when you yeah, started yeah. to get it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because... It happened at the same time that we were all getting personal computers and that the internet was becoming a thing. So just as I finally got like a computer in my own place where I lived, as opposed to it being in the computer lab at the university where I went to. Yeah. Where, you know, I had an email account and just some of that early, late 90s stuff. Um. It was honestly, it was when there was a computer in the house and had my own that, you know, and had been, you know, it was dial-up and Napster and all of that. Um, I've always been a media kid because I had kind of a conservative Christian upbringing where I wasn't allowed to have music and movies and stuff like that for a little while until I was probably, you know, nine or ten and then once those floodgates opened, it's pretty much been all I've ever done, which is why it's called media monarchy. Um, I've always been, you know, into all kinds of, I mean, I spent tons of my time in, you know, video rental stores and record stores and libraries and just sort of gobbling up information. So when I had this own, my own information box, at some point, for whatever reason, probably seeing something in the news or whatever, it's like, oh, what's the... What's the video of the plane hitting the Pentagon look like from 9-11? And once I searched that in whatever search engine I was using then, realized that no one had ever seen footage of the plane hitting the Pentagon. And as soon as there was some sort of odd question, that only made you want to search it more. 
And I did pretty much immediately find the handful of people who were saying, hey, this event's totally suspicious because of this, 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 and this. But it all basically started of looking at why there wasn't video of the plane hitting the Pentagon. Then I could sort of realize, okay, well, you can say because it's because it's a highly secure building, we can't release the video. It's like, but nobody has anything anywhere at all. Oh, wait, they took all the surveillance footages from all the gas stations and stuff nearby. And as soon like that was it. That was it was pretty much off to the races from that and found Alex Jones and is it Dave Von Kleist? Is that his name that did like 9-11 in plain sight? And a lot of the early questions were specifically about the sort of ballistics of how the fuck did this happen? None of it really makes any sense. But I, as the years went on, as I then, because of course you investigate 9-11, then it's compared to JFK, and then you start to research that, and then you're digging and digging and digging and you suddenly find an entire community and world of people who have been talking about these things for a long time and only now was I able to type and click and connect with all of it so yes 9-11 was the the turn on the turning point for me but probably only really because it had the technological you know injection of that's how we were finding out about it, and that's how we were sharing information, and that's how we felt we could prevent something else from happening, maybe. But I realized, you know, as I realized as the years go by, I, of course, grew up with punk rock in the late 80s and hip-hop and was listening to Dead Kennedys and Minor Threat and De La Soul and the Beastie Boys and Circle Jerks and all that stuff at a pretty early age and had been radicalized in the 90s. Yeah. So even when it was Gulf War One and I was in high school, I was counter to all of that. And that's when I stopped standing for the Pledge of Allegiance in school. And that's when I slowly and surely became kind of that much more radical, if you will. And then I would still go to college and study communications and theater and blah, blah, blah. But I realize now as the years go by, oh, it wasn't just that 9-11 flipped some switch. I had always been investigating you know, what was going on behind the scenes. Because I realized that underground mostly left, at least what I thought at at that point. We're talking about the Clintons and the Bushes and politics. It's funny how far we've come. eh? I was thinking about uh, 9-11 and what, 15 15 years ago now. And uh, if we would have like at the time, Darren, would you have thought at the time that uh, there's all this information about it? It didn't cost. all this this information, all this evidence, like not just the obviously the Pentagon, but all kinds of other stuff, the money, the you know Saudi Arabia, the twenty eight pages, and yet it's still, you know, the mainstream narrative is still that that's just a bunch of conspiracies. Like, would you ever think that so much information would come out, and yet it'd still be so? Uh, taboo, you know. Me? Both, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, well, I just got on the train like a couple years ago. Like a year and a half ago. <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> well, I've, I, I just bought the official narrative. I was just a kid when it first happened. So I didn't even question. I didn't give a fuck. 
you know, you kind of do, but I'm not in, it's not my country. You kind of see it. It was revved up for like a month and then it just kind of fades. So I was never, um, I never even thought to question it. Wow. Until, and I, you know, there was the whole truther thing and all that. And I kind of, I just dabbled in it until, but as soon as I started looking into it, then it was like, well, holy fuck. There's all sorts of problems. And I mean, Corbett's probably what was, has probably been one of my, my big resources. Corbett and uh, Zeitgeist. The first Zeitgeist is probably what really got me thinking. Because mm. there really was, I mean, for a while, it was sort of documentary films were sort of the tippy top of yeah, yeah. Getting, getting this kind of this kind of information out. Yeah, that's probably where I was. I was getting into it the first documentaries that came out. But now you have <laughs> now you have what was of course and still is the biggest name in conspiracy media doing extra radio through the night anticipating the next development in America's next top president. <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't I do not I don't spend my time bashing hosts of this or that who I don't think do it right. Cuz again, that's another big ass waste of time. It's like just do your shit and do it good. I wanted to ask you about that though as far <laughs> as the alternative media goes. I've heard, I've heard you made a couple references to it and you know, this you kind of get opened up, you kind of get your eyes opened up like we've realized like when you start looking into the media and how you know how bad the agenda is and the corporatocracy of it all and the the lies the outright lies especially this year where like outright lies are blatant like they're just it's just ridiculous at a ridiculous level but what what is the alternative media missing out on as well i've already made a couple of references to it about you know like what could we not us as the as necessarily like these types of podcasts but sort of the counterculture media what are they getting wrong I, man, I, I don't know, because there's so much everything now. I feel like I've spent so much time lately, because, you know, the years go by and you follow and you friend and you click and you subscribe to lots of different things. And then you kind of turn to take a look later. And you're like, what is all this shit? Why did I follow this? I don't want to see this anymore. Yeah. There's so... It's such a cacophony of noise. I think I've basically been saying that mainstream culture ate conspiracy culture, and it's being kind of regurgitated back out in this big mess of stuff <laughs> that doesn't really mean anything. And you hear the words Illuminati and New World Order and stuff, and you know it's just part of shit people talk about online. And they take it about as seriously as what color that dress was or whatever hashtag National Taco Day thing it might be. Is it National Taco Day? Yeah, uh, it was today, October fourth, National Taco Day. I don't know. Does that include you guys? I don't know if you get to glom no, onto a Taco no. Tuesday today. Yeah. Taco Tuesday, Taco Time. <laughs> Should have got um, some tacos. I think I found myself in the last year and a half kind of disappointed in seeing other outlets that I used to enjoy or used to at least know we're doing a, a quality thing on some level all seemingly become invested in the very things that felt like we had talked against for the previous decade that we learned that 
immigrants and refugees and all that stuff are kind of victims and are generally pawns of larger geo-economic movements going on. And all of these other stories about the police state and surveillance and all this stuff. But now, for whatever reason, suddenly Donald Trump is running for president. And it's sort of, you know, I don't, it, which came first, the chicken or the egg or the cart before the horse. I saw it in Friends, even as it was, this was all growing. It's like, you guys, are you guys all. Have you always been scared women-hating little boys? Or did you just sort of turn into that recently? Is it only, you know, you're sort of unveiling who you are to sort of watch? And it's, you know, there's the sort of huge easy targets for me. people like Paul Joseph Watson. It's like, dude, if you were doing this kind of shit 10 years ago, we would have all said, you're a fucking agent, man. You're a sellout. You're suddenly doing 180 what you always talked about before. Hmm. And all you're pushing is divide and conquer. You hate women. You hate Muslims. You hate immigrants. And now you love the police and want more walls and more surveillance. If I didn't know better, that sounds like sellout agent shit. But I don't spend my time pointing fingers and calling names because I don't know who got checks to do what shit. Yeah, yeah. But I know that places like Paul Joseph Watson and Red Ice Radio all seem to basically be spouting nothing but scared little boy, hateful bullshit. Yeah, and that seems to be like just exactly what the mainstream is doing, right? It's all about race and and making us just make dividing us, basically polarizing us to the and about silly little shit. And that's and that's it. And so that's what's and I know that mainstream media outlets have been doing that because we all talked about it on Infowars and Red Ice Radio and all of those places in the decade past. But for whatever reason, everybody's lost their fucking minds in the last year and a half. Wow. And they think that women are their biggest threat. Yeah. Women? What's the problem with the women? (laughs) What's the problem with the women? Feminism is a cancer, man. Haven't you heard? You fucking cuck. Haven't you heard all the slogans and, and things? Yeah. They do get a little carried away sometimes. They but. do. And for me, again, if this were 2006, huh. people, people who are into... That makes it sound dumber. But people who are the audience of alternative media... They would have said, that's weird. Why did they suddenly flip? It was almost like they turned into something else. Now, do I believe Red Ice or InfoWars are all bought and sold out and they're getting big checks from Soros or David Duke or whatever? Probably not. But again, what did I say? It becomes an addiction. The more you start to feed into this shit the more it kind of consumes you and becomes you. Well, there is there is a lot of, you know, evidence of money and Paige Shillery going on. We were just, James, James and I were just talking about that beforehand, right? I mean, there's, you know, I mean, even Hillary's put out millions for online trolls. And I mean, so where does that end? I mean, the hundreds and hundreds of billions at disposal, they could easily, you know, fund yep. some of these other And that's why it's, you know, depressing looking even at, you know, the comments, yeah, let alone yeah. posts, you can see that it's like, well, obviously, and we've known this because we reported on it many, many moons ago, 
there are soldiers who are paid to copy and paste propaganda yeah. into comment fields and replies and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And that's a long time ago. So even once that seeds itself into the internet, now there's people who in some ways are like, man, unlucky for you, some people actually got paid to be sellout propaganda whores. You're just doing it and repeating it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think we can we get paid for that? <laughs> uh, that ship's probably sailed, buddy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> for for you or us. <laughs> so what about uh, speaking who's of who's legit? Who do you think's legit? Who should we be listening to other than yourself and ourselves? Well, we don't really broach the political spectrum too much, so we stay out of it just for that reason. It is too polarizing. Well, and that is, I mean, you guys are usually, are you guys kind of more parapolitical? We're more uh, paranormal. Yeah. And, I would, uh, you know, I would, yeah. So do, do you know Clyde Lewis? Have you heard Ground Zero before? I've heard of Clyde Lewis, yeah. I have not. But we, but I, I but used we to get into to more ice once in a while until he went off the deep end. Well, that... <laughs> so See, Red, okay, and I'm not the only one feeling that. Right? No, no. Red, Darren and I have talked about that. Darren stopped listening to Red Ice. Yeah, it was just getting a bit too wacky for him. So, how do you know who you should be listening to and who you shouldn't be? Because there's no way to know for sure if they're actually, you know, paid. Yeah. To do an agenda to trick the mainstream into believing a new belief system so that you, you know, basically right now they're trying to trick the Americans into accepting a police state. You know, yeah, let's put up the walls. Let's let, you know, get more guns. And, yeah. You know, it's just trickery. It's, it's, it, it's hard. It's hard to know what to. I mean, there's been media trickery since even before Orson Welles and War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had... I ended up getting, it was kind of odd. I got a lot of pissed off Corbett Report people who were mad about Newsbud and Sabell Edmonds for whatever reason or this or that. And because James, of course, doesn't spend time looking at the comments on YouTube or getting involved in any, like he almost kind of transcends a lot of that. And that he doesn't just have, he literally doesn't have time to deal with it. I ended up getting kind of his, some of his haters. <laughs> yeah sort of leached onto me because I'm smaller and more accessible. And I'm like, hey, what's up? What's your fucking... Oh, what's your problem? I, You know, this or that, blah, blah, blah. He's a this and he's a sellout and he's a that. And, and this almost ties into sort of, again, the sort of the odd sickness of online delusions that now everything's fake. Nothing, you know, nobody died at Sandy Hook. There were, you know, no planes that hit the buildings. That was the earlier one. Now to the even utmost, the earth is flat. So the internet is filled with things where it's like, you can't be fucking serious. Yeah. And people say, oh, so Corbett, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he just moved apartments. He's fucking green screen. He's an Israeli agent. He's a this or that. (laughs) Because of the Newsbud thing? Like, what what is it? They don't like the Newsbud because they think that's definitely a shill operation? I I think so. I think that's what their beef (sighs) Is <sighs> Which it's, is unfortunate because, I mean, I'm, on the other hand, I'm having hope for, like, this news, but I was like, we should get them on the show. They sound like they're really doing, like, some, you know, but, I mean, I haven't looked that deep into it, but it's, like, independent news at a higher level. Like. Absolutely. And, again, I don't, you know, it's whatever, and I can't speak to it. It's whether, whatever beefs people have about Sabelle or Newsbud or, or any of that. So when James was doing more with them and for them, which, again, 
He had been doing work with Sabelle for years. And again, it sort of shows the knee jerk. Oh, you just got here and just got mad about something you have no fucking idea about because you haven't been paying attention. But that's not going to stop you from robbery blobbing about everything. Yeah, but I mean, those guys could be paid, right? Like those comments could be paid to make to make operations look like shill operations when they're not. Like it just gets deep. Shill so operations. I like that word. Shill yeah. operations. Yeah. <laughs> so people sort of say like, you know, accusations about this or that. It's like, man, I'm a, I'm a, I believe I'm a pretty decent judge of people because most of my jobs prior to mostly just doing media mm-hmm. was working in restaurants and bars. Yeah. Yeah. My half of my job was sizing a motherfucker up because it meant, you know, you're dealing, <laughs> I'm dispensing tips. Yeah, I'm dispensing alcohol here. Well, and also just, you know, <laughs> people, you never know what kind of person you're going to get. You're going to have to deal with them. Are they drunk already? That kind of stuff. And when the accusations come to me that are just so bald-faced ridiculous, Mm -hmm. one, I realize you have no media literacy, which, again, sort of makes me go, either you're in on it, meaning you are a paid shill, or you're a moron. In either case, I don't have time for you. But I've never, I can unequivocally say in the, what, seven, eight-plus now years I've been in contact, and I've never met James Corbett. We've only ever talked on Skype. I've never for one sliver of a second had any interaction or any moment where I was like, oh, that's weird. He's a fucking dude in Canada who moved to Japan, who got turned on to alternative media, who was already a really smart dude. And I would imagine that if he weren't doing his own independent media empire... He would be really successful doing whatever he was doing, whether that was still teaching or writing books or whatever. So there's never been a twinge of a moment where I've ever questioned his authenticity. That's kind of so like Doug Owen of Blacklisted News. He's fucking legit. He's never deviated one really iota from anything. And again, these are people who I've been in touch with for the better part of a decade. And I may not have met them all, but I've watched their work and I've paid attention and I can just see it. Like I just know the real because you can sort of see the, you know, the proof in the pudding and whatever cliche you want to use. So, I mean, that's just the easiest ones of people I trust. I don't listen to no agenda. I tried a few years ago, but it was so as a new person, it was like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. There's lots of inside jokes and weird blings and blooms. And it just it was tough to sort of get into. They're totally legit. Adam Curry is a badass for being able to create what he has. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we were talking about just them, actually, and we were just talking about, uh, like, guys like Corbett as well. Like, I was saying to James, I feel like these are genuine dudes. Like, he, like this is legit stuff, and because we were questioning no agenda as well. Like, maybe, maybe, like, they're, you know. Well, how do you know, you know like, at, for being, like, a new listener, because they're, you know, your listen, listenership's going up and up and up. And I think the problem is, is that the more popular, popular you get out there, the more hate you're going to see online yeah, and stuff, yeah. right? Just 
because of the numbers. Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be in your face more. And then somebody will make a comment saying that they're shills. And then how do you know to believe that or not? You know, yeah, like, yeah. it just becomes a huge rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. We've been totally. called shills. This probably? For having a mason on. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. different. Yeah. See, different. We're yeah. fucking And you guys are pretty shills. legit. I'll vouch for that. You know, somebody, like, somebody like Adam Curry, in a way, is lucky because he's been kind of a known thing for a long time. Everybody knows he was one of the early MTV guys. And then all you have to look is go, oh, as soon as M he was kind of done with MTV, he was already into the internet and getting involved in kind of early technologies. Yeah, yeah. He coined the name podcast. He made up, he came up with that word. Yeah. So, and just to kind of watch it through the years, I guess I feel like if they were some kind of shill operation, they'd be even bigger than oh, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. That they would sort of be, because then I sort of look and go, who's who are the young Turks or who are these other sort of big online outlets that Vice, sort of yeah. seem, to, seem to come out of nowhere? And again, I'm not throwing shade at them or who's this or who's that. But yeah, I mean, Vice, they were around for a long time, but then no, got Shane Smith's a billionaire. Up. Yeah. So uh, happened pretty quick too. Mm -hmm. What do you think about some of the, I mean, obviously you're in, on top of all this stuff going on at more of a higher conspiratorial kind of level and with the, you know, with the Snowden type stuff. And uh, what do you think about uh, stuff like, or what would you call it? James a applications like signal or something like that. Like, are they, do you, do you have any, do you ever worry about your communication and that it's uh, interrupted or, or gobbled up or do you, do you ever use encrypted, software at all or well i mean yeah of course you ha and you have to to some degree and you have to worry about things on some level but i can honestly say i've never had you know i've never had anything happen that i felt like oh they took my site down or i'm being deliberately sabotaged yeah and i've been doing this for a while yeah and you know who else has never said shit like that people like corbett or people like blacklisted news because they do their work and they do it consistently and they do it sort of, I mean, in a way, legally, for lack of a better word. And I find, again, there's people who make big drama out of issues that can raise red flags. People who are constantly saying they're attacked for this and this and that. And it seems like, again, it's kind of show business. Huh. Uh, I don't, you know... I guess I've been saying recently on the shows, it feels like we're given our, and maybe it's always been this way, but we're given our heroes and we're given our enemies. We're supposedly told, you know, Edward Snowden and Julian Assange are our huge enemies that we, or our huge, you know, heroes as far as we, our side of the fence that you referred to. We're supposed to be cheering them on against the powers that shouldn't be. Meanwhile, People who love the powers that shouldn't be are saying, oh, those guys are bad and they should be taken out. And then we look at both of them and go, I think they're both kind of fake. And I think they're both playing a controlled game. And to me, it seems like somebody like Edward Snowden was a CIA agent who then kind of went to work for the NSA and suddenly stole a bunch of stuff. And this was after he broke his legs and had all these kind of Oswald-like adventures 
is kind of seemingly impossible. Like, wow, you did that, and then they still sent you over there to do this other thing, even though you weren't really that good at it? Huh. And now you're telling us all these things that other dudes have told us in the previous decades. We know that AT&T had a split cable and gave everything to the NSA, and we found that out many moons ago. Now, maybe the massiveness of the Snowden leaks make it that much harder to ignore. But you have, you know, mainstream outlets like The Guardian and The New York Times. When it suits them, they'll say, well, we can't publish that stuff. We can't talk about that those Guccifer leaks or the DNC stuff because that's, you know, that's illegal. But when they're given this big cache of information sometimes from WikiLeaks, they get to vet it for weeks and look all through it and make this gigantic show about unveiling it. I mean, everybody was supposed to get this big WikiLeaks 10th anniversary going to destroy Hillary drop today. And he talks and talks and talks a bunch about it. And then the last minute goes, oh, no, we got to cancel it. It's like, man, if you have shit, drop it. It makes me think you're show business when you're doing it like this. And it makes me question the legitimacy of it. So even when, and this was, I even made this my, when I do the daily show, I have a sort of, you know, album, album art that goes out with the podcast. The album art that went out today was just the transcript of in the, you know, situation room meeting where Hillary said, can't we just drone this guy? <laughs> and people kind of laughed and were like, oh, that's funny. That's... And then she continued to sort of seriously talk about how this guy's just walking around free, thumbing his nose at America and getting away with it. We were like, oh, shit, she's kind of serious of why haven't we killed this guy with a robot, which anyone paying attention would kind of go, hey, yeah. If Edward Snowden and Julian Assange are the most wanted, most hated people in the world, it seems like they probably could have scooped him up over the last five years. Because some kid who tries to swat somebody or rob, like, everybody gets busted for everything all the time. But somehow Sean Penn can go hang out with El Chapo and... <laughs> John Cusack can go hang out with Edward Snowden, but we can't figure out how to get there. Lloyd fucking Dobler can go hang out with Edward Snowden, but we can't get him. Well, I guess isn't the problem Russia because it's Russia. Can I go to Russia? Can you go to Russia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can just go to Russia. Yeah, yeah. Do you need a visa? Yeah, you do. You need a visa? It takes a few days to get one, yeah. That's not bad, a couple of days. So is it, yeah, I think, yeah... I, I definitely could could get on board with Assange. It seems weird that they don't haven't just you know went in there. Like, what, what's Ecuador? Who the fuck's Ecuador? Like, uh -huh. you can't just make lean on them a little bit. But Russia's a little harder. That's yeah, true. But, yeah, but then why haven't they disclosed way more information? Like, they should be. They should have all kinds of dirt, right? Yeah. Like, really. whose grand plan well, is mean, this following? The, right? Yeah. Like, that's like. What's that, the point of true, having yeah. someone like Snowden out there doing this? Then, if it is a conspiracy, so like, where to divide where us, is this going? To divide us again? It's like the division that happens on our media level. That's like way up there on the, the higher level. Like dividing us really over like safety and security and freedom. Like so that they don't know what to believe. Yeah, maybe. Know, what do you think, that, James? I mean, that's been a great. That's kind of been a great success of kind of the mess of now the mess of the Internet, because you can look at it in a positive and a negative way and say everything's on there. Yeah. And the truth is just a needle in a haystack. Now, there have been little bits of research done showing. 
people are censoring themselves more because they know they're being spied on online. Now is that, I mean, (laughs) that seems like a very simple end goal for such a dramatic lead up and execution just to make people what know that they're being watched all the time. Wait, maybe that's not such a simple thing. But I can't say. Again, I I don't know for sure. Well, it's working here a little bit. James is getting a little paranoid about what he's sharing on the... What's going on, James? Yeah, we can only talk about weed on the... On on your encrypted signal? signal Yeah. (laughs) What's... Yeah, what's signal? It's like uh, Snowden actually... uh, Uh, promoted this. Recommended yeah. <laughs> so it's just the, Putin, the number one reading your stuff. Yeah, now. the number one private encrypted chat app now for your phone. <laughs> and you know, there's talk that it is compromised. It's probably you know getting snooped by the NSA. So they've basically tricked all the people that want to do illegal shit into using this app, and now they're just watching it. Yeah. You know, because Snowden says is cool. Right? And there, oh, there's a, that's that. another good reason. So what about right? the idea that it's like CIA versus NSA and they want the NSA to have, you know, they put in Snowden to fuck with the NSA so that they can get more of the funding, the black funding. That it is just sort of internal battles between agencies. Yeah, you like know, that. sometimes I think that, that as a species we're just that inept that that's just, you know, yeah, in certain ways it's just like, it's just like, it's just like organized chaos. Like, everybody's you know, fighting each other. Everyone's kind of semi-corrupt. There's not really a grand plan, but it's just a bunch of fumbling idiots. <laughs> and I as think. institutions and organizations like, get bigger, they just I get worse. Run it. Could you imagine us at the top yeah. trying to figure this shit out? We can barely <laughs> figure out fucking Prem Steel. Obama can't even shut down one jail. He promised to shut down Gitmo. That was his big election thing eight years ago. And he can't even shut down one prison. So where is his power? Well, they don't have it. Yeah, I mean, he well, was. Never somebody planning. obviously talked him out of it. Well, he was, or he was never planning on doing it. I mean, since yeah. when do you do you think or that they're no. actually telling the truth when they make yeah. promises like yeah. that? And that's to me to come back to America's Next Top President, twenty sixteen <laughs> edition. That everybody in the so called alternative media that are aligning themselves with this or aligning themselves with that, come November eighth are all going to have to go, oh, shit. Yeah. Or November 9th, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Or the even day. like December, in December, they'll be like, oh, fuck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is, there, is all continue on. Is there any way that Obama can step in and, and do another four years? Is there like an out there for him? Uh, it, would be, <laughs> it would be wildly unprecedented. That yeah. would fall under, of course, I mean... That's War time we wouldn't have to be. That's war. what we feared was going to happen with Bush. That Bush was never going to leave. Yeah, like there was another president that did do three terms. FDR under some... did four, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I think at least four. But it was also, yeah, that was before they had sort of we changed the laws after him that you can only do two, two consecutive terms. But if something blows up. I mean, they have all the writings, they have all the paperwork. Again, this is why I've always kind of treated the internet like, a, in some ways, a Wild West treat that might go away or like a candy store or something. I save everything. I try and download and save everything because I know that all it'll take is some massive event and they'll say, oh, we have to pull the internet. We call it, you know, there'll be an I-911 and they already have the I-Patriot Act sitting on the shelf 
ready to basically <laughs> shut everything down. And all they'll do is just sort of they've it's an easy analogy to make. They've already built the toll roads for the internet. They just haven't directed you over to them yet to where those are the only ones you can use. We're still using kind of a free open web, but once the terrorists attack and we've got to change it all, well, we're going to shift you over to Internet 2, and here's this new licensing service where you'll basically have to be licensed to be on the Internet, or at least or at least be identified with every single thing that you do. They need to get rid of the cash first. Once the Bitcoin or whatever e-coin is taken over and all the money's digital, for sure they're going to turn it off. But it almost seems like, I mean, like I said, that was honestly, because again, I've been I've been watching the the fear rise and fade now for a couple of different cycles while doing Media Monarchy. We were worried Bush wasn't going to go. I didn't think he was going to go until I saw his ass flying away on the helicopter. I go, okay. <laughs> so what's it going to be then? How do we how do we fix it? There, that's there's no easy answer. The easiest answer is to not take part and to slowly figure out ways to remove your consent and to not be involved in any of it. Yeah. As I say, it's like, well, I'm not, I'm obviously not on a farm being off the grid. I'm in a city doing media monarchy talking about technological issues and sort of now things. So until that happens... I guess, you know, you have one foot in and one foot out, I suppose. I don't know. It's, it's, you gotta. You don't think there's any way it, it spins over that, that, you know, these empires start crumbling? They do. They absolutely do. Cause they get too big for their britches and we see it constantly. Like we can it, already see banks are starting oh, to fail. Just and, lately there's a bunch of information on that. Yeah. 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 But newspapers that, starting to fail. With that comes civil war, usually, you know, before you can overthrow a government, you know, and then you end up like, you know, all these other Venice or yeah, Venezuela and whoever that's having yeah. all these political issues, Colombia or whatever, you know. Yeah, but I would argue you don't have to overthrow the government because the, the military is all just people, too. It's all just people. You just have to get, you know, that's you're right, because I, I like when Imagine. a soldier shoot an American, will he? At the end of the day, will he walk into Denver or someplace like that and start shooting fucking civilians? I don't believe an American soldier will do it. That's right. But, but a UN thinks, might. But a UN, of course, would. Or a Blackwater or EXO or whatever the hell they're called Some, now. Exactly. Someone who doesn't care because they're not from there. Hmm. UN, yeah. They, they and they have those armies already built up. They're already all built up, but I guess some in some ways the hope is before it comes to that. I don't know when shit hits the fan for better or worse. A lot of the cops and a lot of the civil service ain't going to be there anyway, because if things get bad enough, those guys aren't going to report to duty. They They're going to go take care of their family and yeah, take care of their own shit like a, anybody else. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So Same in some ways, it won't necessarily be the cops putting a boot on your face, it'll be the opposite of that, and they ain't going to be anywhere. So get a gun? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? That's probably one thing to do, because that's a very simple, proven and effective method to protect your home and family. In an apocalypse, you want silver and lead. That's it. <laughs> that's and food. Yeah. Well, with... 
Don't I need send a solar case food. for your iPhone so you can still listen to the same, the last podcast that you were on your phone <laughs> for the rest of the time. It's, it's almost like right out of Mr. Robot, though. Like, we're almost at that point where... There's either going to be a huge hack or a huge false flag, like the i. Like you're talking about i nine eleven is Mr. Robot's theme, right? Have mm-hmm. you ever, you ever, have you ever heard of that show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just haven't, I haven't yeah. dived into it. It's been yeah. one. I basically in the early. Yeah, like yeah, we can't really spoiler this. Though, no, but you'll appreciate it, James. So you gotta keep that in the back of your head and get Don't into go it. Don't fucking because, spoiling like, Mr. Robot. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I haven't really. I haven't we can't it. say too much about that. Okay, okay. Really, okay, I haven't watched yeah. it, but I went from having people early in the year kind of tell me about it. We're like, dude, you should check this show out. It's pretty rad. Yeah, it's really good. To then not having time to investigate it, to then as the year went by, going, yeah. well, that turned into the most popular show of the year. <laughs> oh yeah, we're not we're not paid, Mister Robot Shills, right now. Or anything I like should that. have listened to those people telling me about it earlier in the year and done a media monarchy show about Put it. This way, it fits right in with what you're doing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Shit. I don't. Well, just to sort of go back to like, what do we what do we do about it? In those situations, and I'm not the greatest at it either because it gets hard being in a city. Like we were talking when we were off mic at, at, when we were first connecting. Portland has grown by leaps and bounds in a very quick, very small, short of time amount of time. And so it makes you kind of get your city on, your city face a little more. But if the shit hits the fan, if you know your neighbors and you know your community and you might be a little well-suited, better suited, and communities deal with this shit all the time. Floods happen, hurricanes happen, tornadoes happen. If you hopefully know your neighbors... You can hope that they won't be kicking your door in to hopefully rob and steal from you the moment something goes bad. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like I said, I don't think the cops will be there. Is that, Do you think that's if, a big problem in a lot of U.S. communities? Like in, I, 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 in Canada, I don't even, I wouldn't, it would take a long time before that would start happening. There would have, people would have to be really, really fucking hungry. They would. It would have to hit pretty hard. It's going to happen in the cities first because that's where the most people are and the least amount of resources are. So maybe it's best to just start fucking taking shit down right away. Just be ruthless. <laughs> no, like just go go live in the mountains and have a little farm and take care well, yeah, of yourself. Well, yeah, that's an option for us and here. That's what I see more and more people doing. And people that are running alternative media outlets, I think it was actually, and I don't, it might be the dude. That runs, do you know, Activist Post? Yes. If you know that website, you know, I was, you know, messaging with that guy. He and his family just recently moved from wherever they were to a more rural location where they have a farm and they've gotten more and more off grid. Like they sort of made made that jump. I'm going to get there eventually. Yeah, not even to be paranoid, like just the health benefits alone are good anyway, right? You don't have to wear a tinfoil hat to go out there and grow your own vegetables and go off grid. Or at least just to have a couple months. I think it was you, James, talking about a couple months of just food, like just prepper, just a little couple month prepper box or something, right? Like, and it doesn't even take a collapse from our political system. It could be a solar flare, like a Carrington event. And that just, if if that happens and, and our power grid goes out in North America, we're just as fucked anyways, like. Yep. And there's, I mean, there's even little simple mundane things that can happen depending on where you live. 
you go, oh, shit, that flood wiped out I-5, and that's the place where all the trucks come up with the food distribution. Yeah. So now the grocery store didn't get a delivery Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. And those little things can add up pretty quickly. I think what you're referring to, there's a service here in Portland called Organics to You, and they deliver local in-season organic produce to your door once a week of you know varying sizes of how many people you may need to, you know or what did you got in your family that's a really simple way and again we've been using it for years but the great thing about us talking right now is that everything's kind of gotten decentralized mm-hmm. yeah we have to use Skype to talk right now but there's other services there's other ways we are kind of creating you're talking about signal, but maybe there's also something called wire. I've been using something called wire, W-I-R-E.com. It's end-to-end encrypted open source voice video chat thing. And how do you know that? Are you in charge of the server? Nope, I'm not. I You're can taking, just sort of, you know, a website's take, word for it. I'm taking a little bit of word for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are like honeypots in my opinion. The only way you're going to keep your chat secure is running your own server. If it's my own thing. Yeah. Well, and then and again, that's the battle of it all. So yeah, I was talking yeah, about yeah. on my show this morning. It was like, could we do media monarchy using nothing but raspberry pies? Yeah. I'd, I'd argue that you could. Could if I? If you could See, trade the, the raspberry like, pies for an iPhone. Because I don't know well enough about them. Yeah. You got to sell the pies and take the money and buy a computer. And there's enough wireless routers around now that we could make a rebel network out of them. Like, you know, they can shut off the the main internet, but we could still. Something would come up. You know, just and through Wi-Fi routers. Really? Well. You, could, yeah. you could network together? Like, all the Wi-Fi routers are just Only in a together. city, though, right? You couldn't go past your range. No, then, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. So, you know, which again yeah. is sort of what we all argue for in some ways in the first place. Yeah. That those sort of, there's amateur radio networks. There are sort of those those weird underground things that have always been around that thank God actually will be there if and when shit hits the fan. That's why I was, you know, I'm a huge, again, media fan. All your favorite best sci-fi horror dystopic movies are going to have some kind of radio station part in the, in the plot. <laughs> it's the way things get connected even when shit falls apart because it's so basic and it's something that you just only need a little bit of power to sort of make happen. Yeah, I really do feel like it's accelerating now. And Darren was mentioning the corporate uh, the stuff right now, right? Isn't there like a couple banks that have been fined as well? There's a bunch of corporate takeovers that could cause... It just seems like stuff is accelerating. I don't know if it's because of the political climate, but I feel like uh, the banking system's about to... To throw up on itself. That seems like that's the next, one of the next big pops to happen. I mean, we, you know, because you can easily make the joke of all they're bitching at Wells Fargo here at the Congress in the States for creating, you know, millions of fake accounts and just having a culture of, you know, destruction or whatever they said this morning on the news. Like those... (laughs) Those are the things that exist. Those are the things that we have to fight against. That's the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And it did seem like there's a lot of people in the government pushing back from that. That's kind of what I mean. Like it, it feels like, well, the entire Congress showed up to berate them. 
Well, and that was, again, that's, I think all I meant to say is that was sort of the joke I heard somebody say, man, I haven't seen Congress this mad against the banks since that last time they did nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but maybe, maybe. Well, is it, is, it a, is it a matter of that or is it a matter of are the, are the laws, you know, almost, you know, the way the, the laws are set up, it's almost like if you have enough lawyers, you're okay. <laughs> well, yeah, because even, I mean. Donald Trump can say in the debates, well, it makes me smart that I didn't pay taxes. And then the New York Times can take him to task about blah, blah, blah. And then somebody can point out, well, in 2014, the New York Times totally didn't pay taxes either. Yeah. Or 2015. Or, yeah. And most of the bigger players who are gobbling up the real estate of our eyes, none of them pay taxes. Whether it's the sports ball or the guy, like the churches. They've all figured out the way around it. What's it? <laughs> Forget it. Mr. Burns wants something out of a vending machine, and he asks Smithers for a dollar. Smithers is like, don't you have any cash on you? You're the richest man in town. Mr. Burns is like, money's for the poor. Like, that's for you poor people to worry about and chase around and spend all your time chasing. We've transcended that because we make all the rules and we print the money. So it's of little consequence to us. Debt-driven society. So I realize, so when you're talking about what do you do, I guess for me, it has always been trying to figure out how to not take part in the things I saw that were pretty obvious, like kind of traps and frauds through my life. So whether that was, you know, just simple ways of like, oh, man, I'm not going to get into debt. Because, I mean, what? We were all even sort of teenagers and early 20-somethings when we could hear other friends going, oh, well, I got to spend all this money, such and such on my car. And it's like, oh, God, I'm never going to do any of that. (laughs) So I've crafted my life in a way where I've never owned a car and never had to own a car. That might not work for everybody and that might not work for me for the rest of my life. But if you can kind of figure out these ways where you're not even sort of taking part in it and I don't have to have a bullhorn and I don't have to rage against the machine, again, to make another Simpsons reference as I'm apt to do, like Lisa says, when the advertising machines are destroying the town, they figure out the best way to beat them is just don't look because they get their power from you. That's been the hilarious thing about watching the media wring its hands about the rise of Trump and why has this happened? We've only been posting hundreds of thousands of articles about every single thing for the last year and a half. Well, of course, that's what people are going to talk about. That's all they've been fed. So if you feed people a bunch of garbage, they're probably going to get sick. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if, um, I wonder if like, the rise of this independent media, like the advertisers have got to be starting to buckle already, think, right? Because like, it's so hard to watch ads got, now. You know, where are they going to start sneaking huh? in this advertising now when people it's are like... It's almost, and, and in some ways, and I've said it actually for years, in some ways, it would almost feel more, I don't know what the best word to be, but in the old school shows and radio shows, it was Campbell's Playhouse or blah 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 car place show and that's i think in a ways that's how they'll kind of get around because i mean i'm sure you've landed on websites in the past week 
that you get hit with something that says, hey, I noticed you're using an ad blocker. Oh, yeah. Asshole. Yeah. You might want to consider not doing that. And websites are becoming more and more difficult to access if you use ad blocking plugins or software. Yes, more sponsorship, probably more native advertising, I think. More like, you know, articles that are supposed to sound scientific that are really just plugging a product. Yeah, so it just kind of becomes, you know, product placement, basically. And in some ways, I would almost... So, uh, again, big music fan. That's going to be the thing that I've always loved and that I've always kind of come back to. And that's what I've realized in the relaunch of Media Monarchy. Being more of what I really am is bringing my radio and media, music, and film experience to the contemporary, you know, the media landscape. (laughs) But with the music of it all, that's, I think... That's what makes me my own thing in some ways. That's what hopefully sort of keeps me, you know, something different, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And, and well, you've got different shows every week too. Why don't you talk about them before we wrap this up and, uh, and, you know, a little bit more about your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday kind of thing. Well, I've always covered, I've always been interested in all kinds of different areas. So whether that was, you know, crazy technology or weird occult religious things and Scientology and Crowley and all of that stuff or the food thing, which became, of course, obviously a huge issue, which is one of the biggest issues, I think, of all that we sort of talk about. And it's been one of the most successful ways that we have been winning. What have all the food companies done over the last couple of years? Oh, shit, you don't want, okay, it's gone. You guys don't want this stuff, it's out. We just need you to keep buying our stuff. You want organic? Sure. We switch everything to organic. It's been one of the best successes of people-powered movements, I think. Yeah, and all the personal organic farms and buying local again and all that. Yeah. Yep. So I have all kinds of different interests and all kinds of topics. So I realized in doing the daily kind of morning show to hit all these different areas. I was like, oh, well, I don't know if it's gimmicky or not, but I sort of divide each day of the week, devote it to a different topic. And so Monday, and I have all my own sort of hashtags and names that again, throwing back to when I consolidated everything back to Mm mediamonarchy.com, all of those other blogs and all of those other hashtags all now kind of fall back under the umbrella. So they've been areas that I've been researching and been covering for years but now sort of get their own little daily show, if you will. So Monday, I do world news, and Tuesday is technology, because that's an easy way to slide into, because people, Tech Tuesday is a thing. Mm -hmm. So it's easy, like, all right, well, I'll do my tech stuff on Tuesday, because I was already doing tech stuff. So why not do it on the day that everybody else in the sort of mainstream spot is talking about Tech Tuesday? Wednesdays, I talk about food, health, and the environment, and I coined the phrase food world order many years ago that I think is pretty cool and very descriptive of where we've been and what we're sitting in. Um, Thursdays, I just kind of try and go into the strangest, darkest, kind of most uncomfortable, fucked up stuff. That's the most kind of like murder and mayhem and crazy clowns and cults and bizarre, dark things. And then Friday, I talk about film and music and television and the entertainment industrial complex. (laughs) So with each of those days, I'm able to kind of cover all of my interests and cover a huge swath of information. While also, of course, noting 
hey, I'm doing this. This is a live radio show. I'm doing it for my home studios. I know there are other things going on in the world, so I can talk about a little bit of the morning's news. And of course, if there's big, important things, I'll spend more time if it's the bigger thing. Right, right. I'm not going to say, you guys, we have to talk about carrots. I know the White House got blown up, yeah, but yeah. it's Wednesday. So it's still, you know, it can still, you know, move and, and ebb and flow with, with what needs to be discussed. But I basically took, because I, like I said, I worked for Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, which is a late night conspiracy paranormal talk show. And then the other half of my time at the commercial radio company, I was on a morning rock show. So trying to maybe take what I learned from those commercial places and apply it and reapply it and change it to make it suit my needs and what media monarchy is and should be. Yeah, and just yeah. sort of learning what some of those tricks of the trades are, even down to figuring out, oh, you got to find out who their publicist is if yeah, you want somebody yeah. for an interview. Just sort of little simple media things like that. Because again, there's there's no real trick to it. It's just figuring out how anybody sort of does anything in their fields or in their jobs. So trying to sort of take all those tricks and bring them back to doing Media Monarchy and the morning show and doing it on my own, hopefully now is the more truthful version of what James Evan Pilato and Media Monarchy is. Nice. To me, back in 2006 and 2007, I probably was drinking a bit of the InfoWars Kool-Aid and was pissed off at immigrants and false, false flag and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then the years go by and you become a little more measured and you figure a little more out and you realize you don't know everything and you're trying to learn as you go. And I realized I had been leaving a part of my media side away and I remembered that that's one of my best points. I can talk about media and I can talk about propaganda because I've studied it and I've worked in it and I know how it works and I can hopefully give you know, an authentic view of that. So hopefully the morning show, when people, I think it's great to, you know, get those emails from people who say, hey, I've watched you on Corbett for years. I know you do New World next week. I know you started doing your morning show. I finally checked it out. You're, you're like a radio guy. <laughs> you like actually, it's sort of like, hey, sweet. Like to have people find a go, oh, you know, not that I am, and not that I felt like that was, not that I'm just some, you know, side man, but that people can say, oh, not only is he pretty cool, but he offers something other people maybe aren't offering. And it comes with hopefully an authenticity and a passion and a knowledge about things that hopefully resonates and rings true with people. And again, that's what made me finally feel like this is what I have to do. I have to make Media Monarchy my full-time thing. And if all goes well, as it so far has, and I've only been making it my full-time thing for less than a year, and it's already been wildly more successful than I thought or hoped it could be. There was part of me that was like, I may try this relaunch, and it may completely be a dud, and I'll be crawling back to the radio station in a couple months. <laughs> no, that, answers my, uh, that answers my question. My, my last question is that's obviously what you're going to be doing in the near future, right? Eh? It is, absolutely, for sure. And and to do it consistently is a huge part of doing yeah. this kind of work. Yeah. You know, and again, I've been doing it for a while. People will ask me, hey, how do you do this? What's the best way to do that? Consistency is a huge part of it. Consistency of just being there and doing the thing that you do. Because everybody knows that 
Brian Williams is going to be on the news at 6 p.m. at night. And everybody knows that your favorite drive time morning show hosts are going to be on your radio dial every morning. Yeah. Yeah. If I can be as consistent and hopefully informative and musical and fun and way better than all of those outlets are in the first place, because I don't have commercials, I say what I feel, and you know it's not a corporate agenda. And I obviously am into it. You watch a lot of those news things and you realize you're watching models who can read stuff good. Yeah. Right Hopefully on. I'm bringing that kind of authenticity. And that's what I you know, hope to continue to do with it. It's all about reading the teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. Well, I think it's, uh, it's working. And I'm going to li- put links to all that in the show notes as well. And, uh, yeah, I've definitely, I've been attracted to the independent media more often. We have a couple guests on like Joseph Farrell, who does a weekly thing or, and, and yours now and James Corbin. And that seems to me like where I need to go to get my, my the news, fix. my news of the world. Yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like I'm in a bubble and I'm not paying attention to anything. You're so. in a bubble. I feel like if, you know, and I sort of make this and I've <laughs> not exactly set up to offer you any sort of money back guarantees or anything. Like if you checked out a week of media monarchy, you would have such a bigger view on news and information and culture, and you wouldn't come away feeling like you were powerless and scared and freaked out. You would feel like someone was kind of showing you how they've been doing magic tricks. And they were kind of fun to hang out with, and they played some cool music too. Yeah. Sounds Absolutely. good. That's yeah. it. <laughs> check it out. Go check out James's stuff. And uh, yeah, big thanks for coming on the show, James. Are you on Twitter and all that stuff too? Yeah, I run my mouth a lot on Twitter. <laughs> That's probably the place where I'm most likely to like blah blah blah. That's say you know the more knee jerk kind of things. <laughs> I thought I saw a hashtag come over my phone recently: Big Mouth Newsweek or something like that, or Big Mouth uh, News. I said Big Mouth Strikes Again. Big which- <laughs> I said, because I, of course, as we were about to sit down to do this, I, of course, hit Twitter and said, hey, about to tape a talk with Grimerica. Hashtag Big Mouth Strikes Again. Nice. We should get you and Micah Hanks in the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a talker? He's yeah. The, he's the mouth yeah. of the South. Yeah. And yeah, you could be, be the maybe the mouth of the, of the Northwest. Yeah. 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 I love it. <laughs> I appreciate it, you guys, very much. Right on. Thanks okay, a lot, Mike. James. Yeah, okay. we'll keep it up. Yeah, I look forward to uh, to your next uh, your next post. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. That was our chat with uh, James Evan Pilato. Oh yeah, we got to do the outro right away. I really got to go to the bathroom. Well, <laughs> stick it out. What'd you think, buddy? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was fun. What about you? Yeah, that was a good one. Good one. Um, of course I've been, I've been, that's one of the few things I watch on YouTube is, uh, I'm pretty religious to at least once a week going and catching up on my Corbett reports. And that's always a part of it. Yeah, me too. The new world next week. And that's where I kind of started falling into, uh, more James's work. Yeah, me too. And I'm glad like James, James and James, the James trifecta. Yeah. And I'm glad he has it on audio because that's important to me that I get it on podcast. Then I can listen to like whatever one I, I want to each week. Right. That's right. Because that is one of the only YouTube works. ones. What's that? As long as the internet works. Uh, yeah. Or our little uh, Wi-Fi. Could we do it with a Wi-Fi, yeah, we'll like a, a rogue Wi-Fi Rebel wireless? Network. Rebel Network. Yep. Grimerica will be on the Rebel Network. Yeah. That's what <laughs> so we'll we should put the satellite up now. So that's no, it's there Wi-Fi. For the Rebel we network. don't need a satellite because they'll turn that off too. No, no. We could, we could 
Well, we just need power. But doesn't Wi-Fi have to be connected to like an actual source? Has to be power. connected to your mom. No, no, no. Like an actual internet source? No. We build our own internet from that. Fuck yeah, let's do it. So you're going to need servers and We're going to need all kinds of shit. So check yeah. out grandamerica.ca slash support. Because <laughs> we're going to need a lot of gear. <laughs> Sign up for a monthly and help us save the internet. We have gas. Gear acquisition syndrome <laughs> for the collapse. The Rebel Network. Yeah. yeah, so sign up for a monthly there, guys. Uh, make a one-time donation. Get a shirt. Check out grandamerica.ca slash swag for all your grandamerica merch. Uh, grandamerica.ca slash news for the newsletter. Spam Graham, tell your friends about the show. I think that's about it. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week.
I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. 